Welcome to HeroClix Borderlands. I'm your host, Shay McClure, bringing you the meta-casual perspective on HeroClix, sharing my insights, thoughts, and experiences with other players who love this awesome game at all levels, just like I do. Whether you are playing a casual home game, local tournament, or at a regional or national event, taking on the latest meta team, this is the podcast for you. All comments, suggestions, or questions can be directed to our email at lostinclicks at gmail.com. That is L-O-S-T-I-N-C-L-I-X at gmail.com. Also, private message me on acrealms.com under the ID of Colossus TN. Or go to our Facebook page of HeroClix Borderlands where you can message me or just read the latest articles and videos I have run across about this wonderful game. This is HeroClix Borderlands episode 026. That's right, X-Men First Class. Here I am with Eric Wadsworth from Alpha Strike. Say hi, Eric. Hey guys. All right. And you probably know him better as Professor Erks. Yes, I've been on his Cerebros show, which is awesome. And he agreed to come to my show and kind of hit us up with his knowledge, his great knowledge. And we're going to go into a critical hit. That's where I give him two six packs of questions where he gets to answer my questions to get, help us get to know him. So, you ready to start? I am so ready. When did you start playing the game? So, I started playing the game probably around four plus years ago. Um, the boosters on the shelf at the time were Batman and Civil War. Those are the first ones I had my eyes on. I heard it was a it was a confusing time in HeroClix. They were playing with the point values again at that point. <laughs> and so, the mentor I have, his name's Kevin. He's my coworker at my uh, that my work I work at now, which is Game Haven. He's like, so you're sick of magic, huh? I'm like, yeah, I had a bad falling out of magic. I was like, I need something else in my life. So he's like, well, try out this tabletop game. It's called HeroClix. We're part of superheroes, kind of chess-like, high strategy, a lot of rules. We'll take you forever to master, kind of like go. <laughs> I'm like, um, okay, I can handle magic. I can handle this game. So here's some boosters, try and buy one. Here's a starter I'll buy for you. She bought me my first starter, which was the Incredible Hulk starter. (laughs) (laughs) The Fast Forces or whatever it was. Like, hey, these are cool. There was Chaos War and Batman. Like, well, I love Batman, but I want to shout out some Chaos War because I love Avengers, too. And I bought one pack and my very, let's see here. Let's think. I'll come back to that. Um, Okay, that time. So. First starters at the time. Okay, next question. <laughs> All right, sorry. Yeah, he's just jumping through the question. <laughs> I'll let y'all know. I sent him ahead of time, so I wouldn't surprise him. This is not surprising him with questions. <laughs> so I think you almost answered this, and I'm gonna, almost, almost, almost. But I'm gonna say an aside right here. I have noticed there's a lot of former Magic players playing this game. I don't know if you've noticed that. I have. I have listened to many starter stories from many players, and a lot of them have come from Magic. It's uh-huh. one of those games that us as, I mean, what would you call us, uh, hobby store aficionados have all started with at first. Oh, yeah, it's your gateway game. It's your gateway drug. It's your gateway yep. drug. That's where you start buying your first $85 pack, your $85 cases <laughs> with, oh. with the Magics, you know. Hey, go into the store. Yes, I'm that guy. I gotta go nerd out. Please give me my case. Yeah, I, I was. I even started Magic back with Ice Age and back in the early days of Magic. I played, but but anyway, I've transitioned over. So let's go to question two. So we got got first pip on the dice done. Let's look at the second pip. How did you get started? I think you answered that, but why don't you just clarify? How did you get started? 
Okay, so what I told him I wanted to play something different. He he bought me a starter, took some of his own figures that were like super low, nothing special on him, crazy like that. From I think he he teased. He brought out Sentry and Void. I was like, what in good Lord's name is that monstrous looking thing? I had a golden base on it, two figures on it, all red and death looking like, ugh. It's like, here, let me just show you something. I won a big tournament with this figure and I wanted to show it to you. I was like, whoa, those values are gnarly. It's like, hold on. And he can take two attacks in one turn. Like, oh, that just kills things, right? Usually. <laughs> <laughs> using this figure he pulled out some other little figures just like you know captain america iron man just some basic avengers and we got on the the table is like, okay we're gonna play dials first you're gonna just learn the moving the, the the attacking and the the you know whatever basic stuff so my first game i got into position i was playing uh what did i get so i had the hulk stuff right so i had hulk she hulk the leader and something else i think i would run my stuff into the into his figures say i attack you he would do this cheesy thing where he'd run away and we chase him then punch me back to head to clear i'm like oh <laughs> this is so stupid and then he had range figures so he could shoot me i'm like oh my guys have like close zero range it's not fair. <laughs> range is powerful my friend so he wasted me that game i just had a lot of fun just like oh the feeling of rolling dice just so much fun and as we kept playing it was like Okay, this next game we're gonna play, you're gonna learn the powers on your top click. Like, oh wow, so I have three. So I have charge, super strength, and what's this or amber one? Invulnerable and impervious. Okay, okay. And I minus damage by two, and I can reduce all damage. What? That's the thing that Hulk should have. <laughs> the ability to so, lock it off right there. Yeah, seriously. And. Just ever since I learned from that point, I had just the most fun, and I just haven't, haven't quit since. All right, and I would say it's, it is one of the most important events in a Heroclix player's life. It's the first figure you've ever pulled. We all have that story. So what was your first figure? I know you remember oh, it. <laughs> I do, I do, because <laughs> it was the goofiest-looking figure I ever saw. So... Like I said, I was going to say, I bought a Civil War, not Civil War, Chaos War booster, and I pulled my very first super rare, but I had no idea who it was. And so I pulled the Unspoken. He's an absolute monster. (laughs) (laughs) He was like 236 points. I think I have the dial even put aside for this question. I was like, you know, I got to look at him again and say, was I I really happy with this pull back then? But looking at him now, I'm like, yeah. He was pretty decent. So I was like, who is this guy, Kevin? He was like, oh, he's just some inhuman, you know, like underworld inhuman. He's, he's, he's cool, whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. So he is 236 points with zero range, has 10 clicks of dial with a whole smattering of like charge, force blast, uh, phasing with super strength on top and plates at the end and five damage with impervious. I'm like, wow, look at that damage. That's so great. But then his trait says, oh, um, when Unspoken occupies the lowest square of elevation on the map, he can use leadership and stealth so he can hide on his way into getting you. <laughs> and he's power cosmic. So like, what does that mean? Oh, he can't be outwit and has willpower. What's willpower? <laughs> like, oh, he doesn't push. Okay, that's good. Um, and uh, the other thing is, like, if people are within three squares, they can't give them power action. So back then, like, they couldn't hypersonic away. They couldn't, uh, oh, what's another power action? Like, close combat expert him. So it was 
it was great. It was a cool, fun piece. I bought more Batman after that, and those figures were kind of okay, too. Well, that sounds cool. I, I learned stealth was broken back then. Okay, cool. So what is your favorite hero clicks of all time and why? My favorite, like, figure or? Yeah, I would say figure. I wouldn't say set, but what is your favorite figure of all time? Oh, I hate these questions. Um, I think my favorite figure of all time has to be who I played the most and just had the most fun. Um, um, one sec, one sec, one sec. Okay. I think I know. I think I got it. I think it's going to be, oh yeah, my favorite figure. And only because I played him in the AVX tournament of all, like for every event I had him, I was the X-Men side. Mm-hmm. I played the living tar out of that, uh, Cyclops that could shoot through blocking and that way you through blocking first. Okay, yeah. My friends did not like me because I was shooting them eight squares away saying, oh, I want your defense power, and then hence I threw eight squares of blocking. <laughs> like, this is stupid. I can't hide from your figure. I'm like, nope. <laughs> so so is that why you love that figure or your favorite? Yes. Just, just, I don't know, the power he had to just see through all that terrain because before him i didn't see much because like ignore hindering once in a while i didn't know shooting through walls was a thing in the game until i saw him so i was like if this is a thing you're in trouble and that one map in avx it was like little buildings in there people did not like me at all nobody likes a range piece that you can't hide from right and the fact that he had outwit leadership i was like this is cyclops i mean i'm not the biggest like x-men fan but when I was playing X-Men on the AVX, I felt so powerful, and I actually went out and purchased the, the Phoenix Force Cyclops because I was like, you know, I'm going to upgrade. <laughs> I'm going to upgrade from this <laughs> Cyclops to another one. Just, just because I felt <laughs> I wanted to. That's but, cool. Yeah, as far as a figure goes, he's my favorite. He's not my favorite superhero by any means, but as far as a figure goes, he was my favorite. All right, that's cool. What is your favorite power in Heroclix and why? I think uh, I think this shows your soul when we find your favorite power. It's going to show a little insight into what makes you tick. So I learned after a while that uh, the best three powers in the games were Prob, Perplex, and Outwit. And so I am going to say Outwit is my favorite power of all times. It was running shot for a bit, but I'm like, you know... It's cool. It moves me around and shoots people, but outwit on any figure that can say, no, nah, you can't use something for this turn is just ridiculous. Like, and with the new rules to it, now I'm even happier it's as powerful as it is because now it's like, oh, you have traded shape chains? Nah, that's gone. Wow. So that's why you like it is the power it gives you? Yes. And when I was first playing, uh, I had this one <laughs> I had this one friend who he literally quit the game because Outlet was too powerful way back then. <laughs> he would hate now. <laughs> he would really hate it now. Like there, there was even this one game where he was like, uh, do you know the Iron Man from Fear Itself, the one coming out of the Uru Forge? Oh, yes. I did. I, I've seen the sculpt. I've never played the figure, but yeah. So he, he bought that set just for that figure. He was determined to have a figure that couldn't be outwit anymore because Impervious was still kind of big in there that we haven't seen in Invincible quite yet. So mm-hmm. he bought that piece because it couldn't have its Invincible and Impervious outwit on that first click, but it could still be pen side. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, dial. But I was like, 
okay, I can't win it. I'll go ahead and pen side for two with this little guy, and then I'll watch your other, your other. And he literally just table flipped and was done. Like, I, I, I trounced a 250 point Iron Man with just a bunch of scrubs, and I was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> As the table goes flying, you, you, you lean back and said, this is the best feeling ever. I think it was Grifter I used. <laughs> That little guy. Oh, he was good. <laughs> so what is your favorite type of team to run and why? So, so if we're gonna if we're gonna see you at a venue and you're smiling and it's you're in your zone, what type of team are you running? Okay, so I am not good with iron defense teams. I like to build them, but I have zero plan for any kind of attack strategy with them and that makes me upset. I want to be good with those, but I can't be. So I am typically really, in all honesty, an Alpha Strike player. Back when it was more of a thing, I love to just TK out a guy, hypersonic up, smash with a rock, and say, there. But it was the worst feeling ever when I missed that attack. You you don't know true sadness when you throw a Trinity War Superman at somebody, full speed, hypersonic, with an ultra heavy object, and you roll a critical miss. You will never know that sadness. Like I did. No. He, just, he just died. So I'm more of an aggressive player. I will say that. I like building teams that get in the fight and play. I've never been one to like a game where we just sit there and dance for an hour. It's just not my favorite. So you're going to be the aggressive player coming across the map, really looking for your angles, and wanting to strike within the first three, four rounds? Right. I'm trying to, but Mike has been training me on how to improve my alpha strike game and how to pace myself better. Because I'm going to tell you guys all right now, if you haven't watched Mike's turtle video where he talks about turtling and a player who sits back in the in their like starting zone area, you need to watch that. Because even with new rules, it's still relevant to the fact that you can count your, your opponent's kill box and creep your way in without giving yourself away. And if you can, you can bait them into yours by putting a piece you don't care to lose. So, you know, there's that option there for you. Well, I think that's important because I I have noticed I agree with you and I, I agree. I'm going to have to watch that. I have not watched that video, but I have seen it on your channel a couple of times. And I've been thinking about watching it because I agree with you in the fact that I have noticed in games, even if I have an ultra aggressive team, Sometimes it's not to my best benefit to just immediately run across the board. Sometimes I need to inch across the board to set up my own kill box where I give my figures the best chance to retaliate. So, And, uh, you know, I'll tell you one more thing. You're absolutely right, Shay. If you can keep your team in a cohesive unit within so many squares of each other, if they come into your kill box and stay next to your figure, like they can't hypersonic run away, which is the worst thing ever, a TK away, you can then use the rest of your figures to help retaliate and save your figure that you kind of put out there to be hit. Yeah, so. I, I agree. I think players, everybody should watch that. I think that's it, especially for aggressive players. I think I, if I lose matches, I'll overextend too quickly. And then, I, it's a weakness for some because people want to have fun and get in the dice rolling part. I, I, I've seen many players, even pro players, who really have to have a lot of patience to know I have to sit here in my protective bubble until you walk into it. And I will sit here and pass turn, perplex all my stuff, pick my powers, and keep on passing until you inch your way up here and get bored with me. Oh, I hear you. Can't do. 
Yeah, and it, it takes time and practice. So I, that's great advice. I love that. Everybody needs to go check out that video. As as you said, it's still relevant. I think that yeah. positioning, all that's relevant. I mean, I even I I'm gonna quickly just say this, but I even catch myself in games, especially when against a turtler, I will clear my figures. Like I'll move up and clear because I know that to go ahead and go with one token on, that's going to give my opponent two straight turns to go after me. So if they're going to turtle, then I'm going to come up there with just putting one action token on me. I'm not going to be on my second action token to be able to, you know, kind of do this kind of dance they want to do. So I, I agree. Everybody should check out the turtling video by Mike Nito, as a lot of y'all know on the Alpha Strike channel. Still relevant. I'm going to go check it out. I always love to learn. So I think that'd be an awesome thing to go check out. So let's jump over to, that's one dice down. Let's jump onto the second dice. Let's get our critical hit going. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, first one, what made you start Alpha Strike? Okay. So it was kind of a little pet project. My buddy Mike and I, we were just recently friends for a couple, I think it was like a year or two at this point. And we were always playing games. Whenever we'd hang out, we always play a game of clicks. We play out a board game, you know, whatever. Just hang out. And we always made the joke, like, what if we got a set of Helix and we unboxed it, just and filmed it, so we so that for our own personal records, we could see the distribution in the set and then tell that to the players. Because Mike was always about saying, I want to share my knowledge that I know about clicks with the world, because Mike is a very very high class player in my books. Because he just knows some things that other players always forget about in the rule book. He was when in the with the old rules before the ones we have now, he was easily, I would say, a master of those rules. But I, I was like, haven't we film one for fun on my tablet? Slow quality, whatever. We grabbed this the the very first video we ever did that we never published. <laughs> we did uh what was that? Avengers Avengers Assemble. Okay. Okay, we I remember that set. We unboxed a brick of that for fun on, on my tablet, just kind of propped it up and said, here we go. <laughs> and we were both being just super excited, energetic, and just opening and just saying, this is not going on YouTube, but hey, here we are. <laughs> and we has had so much fun talking back and forth about the figures she pulled and the power they would have. It's like, it was like a, oh my gosh, it was like a 25 minute unboxing because we kept talking about the figures. <laughs> like, we can't do this anymore <laughs> so we're like okay you know that was fun but this one's bad we're gonna something better so we we bought a bunch of equipment we got a tripod we got a microphone it was a basic microphone very low budget stuff you can start you can start a youtube channel with almost nothing but we used our phone a tripod a, a thing that held it and a microphone and we got a table set up and just said okay here we go turtles unboxing you guys ready for this and we just went at it, just kind of showed the figure. And he always had this this dream and hope of taking a picture of the figure, putting it on the screen real big, because everyone's biggest complaint on an unboxing video is, I want to see the sculpt. I want to yeah. see it so bad, put it up close to the camera. We didn't want to pull the whole Scott Porter thing where he like goes in your face and puts it in the camera. It's like, yeah, that's fine and all, but, you know, I want a little bit more. And so he, every time we did an unboxing video, he would just upgrade that. But that's why we just said, let's start a hobby. Let's do this. Let's have fun with it. You know, we're, we do this game anyways. If we do it for a year and quit, whatever. If you have 50 subscribers, cool. We're up to a thousand and something now. I'm like, holy crap. It's only been like a year and three, a year and 
three quarters of a year, almost two years. It's up there. That's why. Well, I mean, that's amazing. And y'all put out great content. You've grown it so much. So that's amazing. And it's just funny how you just start. I know sometimes when you start something like that, you just have to get it out there. And it just right. grows on its own. And you just make it better. You can't make it perfect to begin with. No. You just keep improving it. I, I'm going to say a piece of advice for anyone out there listening to this podcast who wants to start a YouTube channel. Okay? So you're going to hit bumps every single time you guys film if it's yourself or with your friend you guys will hit obstacles and they suck like but you have to come you have to overcome them okay if something bad happens like oh man okay next time we'll try it again but change this thing so it's better or make sure you have enough footage or enough memory always charge your cameras guys (laughs) very important never (laughs) your camera is plugged into something (laughs) and make sure you have a good memory card too and uh never give up like every video put out make sure it's your best one you can possibly do with what you have and if you're happy with it everyone else who watches it will also be happy with it having having a personal a personality is big too and like sharing your love with the with the community in your videos like hey guys we're so and so we're doing this thing thank you for joining us make them a part of it you know that's just the biggest thing you can do for any youtuber out there it's so much more fun when you feel like you're watching your video and you're like i'm there with him i'm doing that with him. this is so much fun you know so that's just things i can tell you guys right now hey that's great advice and I, I always believe don't get so caught up and if you're putting out something you love doing a thing that you enjoy you know it grows on its own you can't right. worry about all the other stuff you that's when you get caught up chasing numbers it's never going to work so you just right. go out there and put out good quality keep making it better guess what the community's thrive is just hungry for stuff i mean and uh, you are not wrong dude um <laughs> So I always worried. I, I have read comments on other videos, and there are some toxic commenters on the internet. Okay. Now, I've never had a rude comment on any of my videos. The only thing I've ever had was someone would disagree with something, or they would suggest a um, upgrade to the channel, what they would like to see. Now. You have to have realistic expectations, guys, for any – if you're a viewer or a creator, if you're going to put out content and you know your limits, don't overextend. Don't overstretch. If you if someone really wants something but you cannot possibly do it and you just work for hours and can't get it done and you feel like you failed them, just say, hey, I gave it the old college try. I can't make what you want. I don't have the time, the resources, the skills, but I will still see you to put the best I can with what I have and maybe try something else that's a little bit easier and more reasonable for me to do with what I have. And they will listen. They're like, okay, that's fine. I appreciate you taking time to try my idea and make people involved with your channel and they'll just be amazing. And honestly, guys, don't be afraid of commenters. The Clicks community is such an amazing community that you don't have no worries there, as far as I can tell. Oh, no, I agree with you. I know the best piece of advice came after my first episode, podcasting. A guy uh, messaged me on um, HC Realms, and he said, dude, I really want you to succeed, but I think these are the weaknesses in your podcast. You need to change this. You're not going to have enough content. But I really want you to be very good, and I want to listen to you again. And he... He pretty much, he set me on my new content area 
and it got me through the next 23 podcasts. And now I'm starting to change. I don't know if anybody's noticed out there, but I'm starting to add more guests and I love this kind of interaction and y'all getting to meet some other people in the community, whether they're well-known or not well-known. So let's move on to uh, number two. And what is your favorite thing about the Heroclix community? So coming from a magic background, the community over there, well, isn't the worst. There are worse ones out there. I'm not going to name names for games because I'm not that way. But when I first started playing magic, the community was good. If you ever need help with a deck idea or after a game you play with them, they'd say, hey, you can improve this. When it comes to hero clicks, I feel almost the same thing. No matter what you do or what event you go to and you play with somebody at an event, they're always so welcoming. They're open to shake your hand. They'll say, hey, how are you doing? Hoping for a good game. And I mean, I never have that problem where in a magic game, they would like never talk to me during their turn. Or they're going to just, they start playing cards. I'm like, uh, what does it do? What does it do? Uh, I'm lost. Wait. Reverse your combo. Go back. Yeah. Now I'm in hero clicks and I'm like, and they go, well, my figure's going to choose these powers. I'm going to go running shot Pensai on this figure, doing this much damage. I need, I need a six to hit. I'm going to roll. Do you have shape change? The interaction between players, even through it's through game, through social media, whatever is the most open welcoming group of players i have ever encountered in my whole life of doing gaming tabletop gaming like video gamers let's not even get started on that dude all of the people i've talked to whether it be through my facebook page on you know the youtube channel um hc realms they've all been so nice and i have to say it's just it's the community itself really they're just so friendly all they want to do is play this game where we fight each other. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> it's so funny. The object of the game is to kill your opponent, but we're so nice about it. <laughs> I would say I agree with you because every major tournament, you hear these horror stories about top tournaments and all that, and they've been the nicest people I've ever met. They, they are some of the nicest. And I think that's awesome. I think uh, Heroclix community is one of the best communities of all time. And I've played several games, and I know it, and they're very, very welcoming. Now, very few venues have I been to that aren't that welcoming or very helpful. So, and everybody's kind of helpful out there. One last thing to put on. Okay. Venues are important. That's something I want to touch on a little bit. So, if you have your own personal venue you go to all the time, you notice that you guys create a bond. You all trade together. You all play together. You all encourage one another and build teams together. It's kind of a thing you do. When you venture out and go to a new venue, it's sometimes hard to bond with those people who have this already inner circle bond. I've only played at a couple other venues. And, you know, honestly, I had that scare that I wouldn't be able to integrate with them at all. And we wouldn't get along and they'd have rulings I wouldn't know about or house rule stuff and i was like but honestly after that first match i played and just talked to the, the guy i played he started telling me all the ins and outs of everyone here. He's like that guy does this this guy's over there he plays this way this guy over here he's like amazing at this kind of combo strategy and like oh that's kind of cool and so on between games they're free i talked to them and we, we bonded really fast so advice for going to new venues guys try and just talk to your opponent 
after your first game. Don't get too much in the beginning. Just kind of shake their hand, say, hi, I'm Eric, or whoever you are. <laughs> and just uh, say, you know, let's go ahead and have a good game. So you play your game, win or lose, say, hey, man, good team, congrats, whatever. So what's your guys' uh, you know, philosophy right here? What do you guys do that's, like, unique or something like that? They'll tell you. They'll say, oh, we do this house rule, or we, we, we've we ruled that this is that because this is dumb otherwise. <laughs> oh, so you guys have house rules because most local venues – local games will but it's just it's a matter of communication a matter of being open it's being friendly you know now sure there'll be that one guy who's kind of a you know we'll say meanie and may not ever like you because they just don't like people and that's fine just accept them and say hey you know what bro it's cool that you're here too we're playing all the same game together be that a be that alpha male venues they can be intimidating, but um, especially a new one. But I agree with you. If you just got to talk, these guys are just as passionate about this game as you are. And if you just get them talking clicks, I mean, that's a quick bond. Hey, we're going to move on. You know, I've started this whole trend down on Illuminati, and I really like it. And I, I call myself Dr. Strange because I do a lot of strange things, and I do a lot, and I have a lot of fun with that. So I'm, I'm strange. So if you were part of the Illuminati, which Illuminati would you be? Well, my persona on my channel is Professor Irx. So, I mean, I kind of like Professor Xavier for a lot of different reasons. Um, <laughs> I mean, as a person, he is, you know, a super mutant. And the, the fact that his whole goal in life is to bring together all mutants and humans together in a symbiotic bond. He wants nothing more than peace on Earth. John Lennon. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I could be this guy. I would love to be, you know, a, a uh, ugh, I hate words. Um, <laughs> word bad. Word bad, yeah. <laughs> what is the thing called? It's like a activist helper for the community. There's a uh, name for it. A, a activist uh, helper. <laughs> now you've got me forgetting. I have no idea. Activist helper. A, uh, not a prodigy. Not a. It's just something e at the end. Um, not a protege. No, we're looking oh. at. Oh wow, this could find the editing room floor as we show off our knowledge of a source here. Um, you're thinking of maybe a advocate no i don't know what are you thinking of you're thinking of somebody that's a i have no I have, idea i have been called it before but i lost the name it's a person who people look to to bring the community together but i can't remember the name of the word a leader kind of something like that but okay i don't want to be like the forefront or anything but i want to be a person who people could look to, like a leader, that says, you know, Irks, because you do this thing and you give us this information, we appreciate you and we look up to you to bring us that information. And when you do, we thank you. And, you know, I just, oh, man, words are bad. Um, <laughs> so that's my biggest I want to say something cool and inspiring, but I, I just not coming. I'm open to everything. And everyone, like everyone in this click community, if you want to talk to me, I'm down. I'm, I'm here, you know, and like Xavier, you can go to him and say, look, Professor Xavier, I'm in trouble. Can you help me? Hold on. I'll go into the cerebral. I'll see if I can find this thing for you. Because <laughs> oh. 
he can just do that. So, and and that's kind of how I started Cerebros. I wanted to be able to reach out. I don't have powers, so the internet is there, and talk to other Flix players. And I know there's like you know my my Patreon, the big part of that, but it helps support the channel in every way. Those people who pay the three dollars a month get to come on and just hang out with me, literally, and talk hero clicks for an hour or so. And it's the most fun I have doing my channel ever. <laughs> just because the things you say with people and things you learn, it's just it's so much fun. What are you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say I, I totally agree. I was on it last. I I enjoyed the heck out of the three bros. That's probably one of the most fun podcast type uh live events I've ever done. And it was amazing. So I, I say that any kind of community interaction like that just gives you the energy to keep up with hero clicks, you know, great choice. Professor X does fit you. You are the mutants of the world's leader. The, the person in the forefront that's kind of driving us together, trying to bring us all together. I kind of like that. So here's a random question. Your fourth question of the second half of the critical hit. How do you store your hero clicks collection? Lots and lots of totes. Hey, I hear you. Tupperware? No. I have two Husky toolbox containers I got from Lowe's, our Home Depot. One of those places that sell tools. And <laughs> um, I got a bunch of those little, like, you know the little crafts boxes that have, like, multiple holes and the little, like, plastic oh, yeah. tabs you can place in? Yes. I have a ton of those, and I try to keep one set per one of those in there. And generally, if I don't keep all my generics in the box, I can fit a whole set in one of those boxes. So it's, it's kind of nice. Okay, I got you. And I, we've all been there. We all store our clicks different ways. As I said, Pedro on your channel has inspired me to actually display mine. <laughs> as, as, as the totes were being stored in that closet, and I'd drag them out every so often. Mine just sit on the floor, and I pull them out as I need them. I always like to find out how people store their hero clicks collection. It's a odd obsession of mine now number five what superstitions do you have in a big tournament okay explain the superstition to me give me an example of something okay superstition might be that you can only use a certain set of dice for a tournament or you have to have a certain set of tokens superstition is if you don't do it it makes you uncomfortable and makes you have a negative attitude towards your game so there's it's, it's a comfort feeling do you have any superstitions Okay, so I've only ever played in a couple WKOs and one ROC event. As far as big events go, uh, the only superstition I ever had was like, what I, what I ever have to like change dice to my opponent thinking I was cheating. And I am not one to ever say, you know, cheating is never good. And I've always wondered sometimes if people have loaded dice in tournament because they will seriously roll seven or higher for all the rolls ever and never miss. I'm like, how are your dice so hot? I never have dice like that. <laughs> when I do, it's at a casual event, doesn't matter. And it's like, well, where was this when I need you at the big event? <laughs> but I mean, that's just the, the great equal, equalizer of the game, you know? And the most yeah. thing you can do if you're a decision is say, hey, judge, I'm suspicious. And that's just say, okay, I will give you some dice to loan. And that's what you use for this game. The last one of this six-pack, and we can get into what the main topic is. But if you win the world championship 
And we know if you win the world championships, you get to design a figure. What figure would it be? And can you kind of describe it for us? Okay. So I had a real hard time with this one. Last last question you had me, I was like, okay. So I had this dream when I was first starting playing and my, my, my buddy Kevin told me, Hey, see this cool piece right here. This is a, this is Nightcrawler that someone made. So the Ben Crawler, that's stupid, amazing. And then they also doing the Mister Sinister with the dude in the tank. And I saw the Star Girl that Alex Avia made, and I was like, "What the heck are these? Where, where are these coming from?" It's like, well, if you want a world champion with kids, you get to send a figure. I'm like that's pretty cool. And so, <laughs> all of mine have been stolen. I really wanted. Okay, there wasn't. When I first started playing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man was my first set. There was no Venom in that set, so I wanted to make one. Well, they made some good ones recently, so I'm like, well, that's out. And then I was like, I also want a, um, what's his name, Chameleon, one of my favorite Spider-Man villains, but Patrick Capoco. Got him first. He's amazing. So good job, Patrick, to that one. I also am a huge Batman fan. And the one piece I thought, you know, they could never get right, in my opinion, from what I saw, was the Joker. Okay. The Joker to me is such an awesome villain to Batman because of his code, the things he does, how random he is. How can they ever get that that personality on a dial and still be tough enough to take down a Batman? You know, if, if he had the option to. And I always thought Joker just has no damage output. The, the man literally kills people, but they always give him like one or two damage and only blades sometimes. Well, then we got Joker's Wild and uh, I gave up on that thought because, hey, haha, Joker and Joker's Wild. Um, the Killing Choke Joker were amazing. Now, before that set came out, the one figure I liked before that was the Joker's Daughter. She okay. had everything I wanted in the Joker. Low cost, save five points, Batman enemy, shape change the entire dial, because that, that to me signifies someone getting away from you. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. And it had the power to say, hey, you're my dad. You say, you're my greatest villain, or my, my greatest nemesis. I'm going to take your power and use it against you. That's like That seems pretty freaking iconic for a Joker. And then the random powers of the whole thing, like poison, blades, super senses, whatever, just stuff that Joker really get those dials. Like, that would have been my idea for one. But I did go ahead and make one because I want to show you guys who I am. So, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, and these title characters have given me some inspiration. I actually made my own title Spider-Man. Awesome. I love Spider-Man, my favorite superhero ever. He is my absolute favorite and Batman's second. So here he is. I'm going to kind of give him to you guys. I'm going to speak kind of slow. I had this problem where I talk fast, so I'm going to try and slow down. So he is called the Amazing Spider-Man, like most titles are aptly named by something else besides their name. He has 75 points, seven clicks of life. Okay. Wow. He has he has um, nine speed with hypersonic, just regular hypersonic. He has 11 attack with super strength. Okay. 19 defense, super senses. Okay. Three damage with a perplex. Mm -hmm. So that's his first top dial. He then goes down to hypersonic 10, 19 senses with three. And then in the middle, it's going to be more of his brawler clicks. He's going to have charge with quake with combat reflexes and close combat expert. 
And then toward the last three clicks there, he's going to go back down to a um, sidestep with precision strike. And then he has, um, I think it's super senses on these next two with two and three damage with, I think, naked two and then outwit on click seven, six. And then on click seven, he'll have seven speed with sidestep, 11 attack with, uh, I think it's uh, precision strike, 18 with regen and three damage. So that's his dial. He has four range, two bolts with indom. So he has that willpower. He has the fight to go on. His first closed book is the usual obvious. If you didn't make an attack this turn, use a title ability. Takes one unavoidable. Mm-hmm. His other one is if he's KO'd this game, and my wording isn't the best, guys, so don't just be on my wording for WizKids rules stuff. But for the rest of the game, friendly characters can't use perplex to increase friendly character values. So it kind of nerfs your own perplex. Okay. And then his plus one uh, open book is mm-hmm. called Thwip. Hang out there for a bit. When Spider-Man hits with an attack, the hit character can't be moved or placed and can't make attacks. And characters honestly break away until your next turn. So basically, like the web marker, but they're stuck. Like stuck, stuck. He's got them tied down for a turn. Okay. His minus one is called the biggest mouth in New York. (laughs) The amazing Spider-Man can use shape change and adds one to his role for super senses. During your opponent's next turn, each character on their force must target him if able. Basically, he's drawing attention of everyone on their whole team if they can attack him. And if he you know, rolls shape change, they can pick somebody else. But if he, they, if he misses it, he has the higher chance to evade it with the super. And then his last one is minus five. This is his ult. It's called the best street brawler this side of New York. So give the main Spider-Man a move action with improved through character bases and move up to a speed value for each character move through after actions resolve make a close attack targeting all characters move through and deal his printed damage instead of normal damage to each hit character so he basically runs through all of you and just beats the crap out of you wow I, you know, I, I have, ever since they come out with title characters, I thought they needed a Spider-Man title character. And I really like this. I really, I think he, if that was made at 75 points, that would be a go-to Spider-Man. And that's really what you want. That'd be my go-to Spider-Man. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing I've always wanted in this game, too. They've made so many Spider-Man, and I hate to say I want to make a Spider-Man as my piece because they've made tons, but they've never got him just right for me. Okay, the one from Superior Foes is still my go-to. He is amazingly well done, and I will love him forever, even though he has hypersonic super strength because now I think of him running into you, boot-kicking you in the face, knocking you back into a wall, <laughs> yeah. and running away and using his super senses. So he's still fine to me. But if I was to make a tile character Spider-Man, this one would be my one. Oh, I, I don't blame you. It's a good one. If I can say, I've always thought Spider-Man should have some unique abilities. One thing I've always wondered why they've never done it, and I, I wish they would add a stop click to him, because I always think in the comic books is that he has this ability to just keep going when other characters kind of mm-hmm. quit. You know, that's his one thing. He, you can beat the crap out of Spider-Man, but he gets right back up. He is one of those figures that's hard to put down. I assume you balanced it out because he doesn't really have a heal ability other than the regen, which yep. kind of helps him. Uh, I like the plus one. What makes him tough is kind of like the Thor title character. He's attacking. So when he's getting his plus ones, I don't have to worry about did he attack a figure or not. 
you know, so I, I like that about them. The KO and Perplex can be very hard on a team. I like that. And it's plus one to shape change roll and super senses minus one. Uh, you didn't tell us how many points would he start out with like three or four plop points? Two. Just two. That's awesome. I like his 19 starting defense. It's pretty cool. Super senses, 11 attack, nine hypersonic speed, perplex. I like the super strength option. People are going to hate that with hypersonic, but I'm starting to like the ping pong option. I like his ability to pick up an object, ping pong you around, and if you do come base him, he doesn't have to use hypersonic. He can just hit you with the object and increase and right. his and, and mine won't have the simulation where it has to be a close-tech hypersonic. He can use his four range to flip you from two squares away, too. So it gives so, him more of a reach. Good job. I love that. Hope you win a world championship. You get that thing designed. I think that would be awesome. I am hoping that we get a title character Spider-Man. I am. I mean, I think he is one of the most iconic Marvel characters, and we don't have a title character for him. Here we go. We we have met uh, Eric. He's awesome. I have been on his podcast. I've loved talking to him and chatting with him. But we got to move on. As great as he is, he can't fill this entire podcast up. We have to go to our main topic. Our main topic is going to be about uh, synergies. And I call it Cerebro. Since we're on this X-Men theme, synergies. And here's the big thing. And I'm, I've been sitting around wondering about this. There's synergies that are important in Heroclix. I mean, I don't care what kind of team you're building. You need you need synergies for teams to work. And sometimes we look at stuff and we're like, I think that will work. But once it gets out on the battlefield, it doesn't. I've built plenty of teams. I said, many things will be killer. I get them out there and they just don't work together. So I want to kind of think through these synergies and I wanted to break them down a little bit. And with the new advent of rules, I think our synergies have changed on powers. Mm-hmm. So I was wanting to go through, okay, let's look at basically the attack powers, the movement powers. How has their synergies changed, you know? And what can we put together with them, what what we can't anymore? So I kind of threw this at Eric, and I know he's really good at this stuff. If you've watched any of his Alpha Strike, he loves this stuff, and I know he gets into a lot of depth of it. <laughs> but we're going to look at the most... Of all our powers on that dial, when it comes to aggressive and the play styles mean you like, which are aggressive play styles, I think charge is, I won't say the weakest, but it gives you the most limited range. You know, it just gives us the most limited range. So what are the things that, what are synergies that make it good? So if I'm looking at a dial and I pick up a figure and I go, oh, okay, he's got charge. What should I look for to maybe up his value from just being a charge figure? Okay, so I'm going to give you a little bit, and I'm going to ping-pong you back. Okay. I want to preface this whole scenario with this one thing. Precision strike, single target, ranger close is the best thing for any power. Because you're guaranteeing one damage, you're limiting super senses by one, and that's good enough as it is. That even gets through invincible, guys. That's so important. Uh, and on top of that, we'll kind of put these here because these are good with any number of powers on a dial anyways. If you see a character with charge and any other power that helps you attack, having prob, outwit, or perplex, which I have to call the reference to pop, that makes it all pop for me, Yep, is that you have the option to reroll your attack roll, up your attacker damage, down their defense or something, and are outwit their powers. So just preface that. Pop is good with everything. Okay, cool. So charge. Um, first thing I want to talk about first and foremost, um, 
if you see charge and you somehow have a special power that gives you flurry as well, that's amazing because you're making two attacks in a row with your values. But bam, it's two tap of character. It's a good feeling. You see charge, blades, claws, fangs. You're going to deal more damage. And there's so many equipment now that just give you blades. We got, I think, three of them in the Thor set. Two or three, yeah. Yeah. And then super strength, kind of an obvious one. Pick up that object and deal knockback damage, which also reels us into the object action close, which is very, very important to differentiate that because you have to do charge with a object close action, which super strength keys off of because you're holding a heavy object. And, and that takes out uh, your ability to use exploit weakness with that charge and super strength, and right? And Correct. Because exploit weakness is now its own close action. So you have to choose, do I want to deal the penetrating damage or do I want to hit them for a lot? And it's going to it's going to be based on what you're attacking. Oh, they have impervious. Obviously, we're going to pick the exploit because we're going to do guaranteed damage. Oh, they just have ESD. We're using this rock. I like the new combinations that there are because they're going to make you think, what is my situation and what is the best one to pick from all the possible options I may have as a charge character? And I, I was doing this this little like homework with these powers you set aside for me. I was like looking at this, and there are a lot of powers that work with charge now. It kind of blew my mind. Oh, it, um, it does mine. I'm looking at the list you put together, and I'm like, there's a couple on here. I was like, I didn't know that worked with charge that's pretty interesting because charge gives you a what let's uh, the wording close all these key off of close sit for flurry flurry would have to be traded right right you can't you can't have flurry with charge but outside that trait all this other stuff looks like this doesn't have to be traded well no there's one on here yeah mind control there's there's a couple that are on the same slot as charge but some people can get objects because we have objects you can get resources yeah cards all kinds of things and that's the great thing about resources the ability to add some of these powers in so that's hey still energy you have on the list i kind of like that charge still energy it's pretty awesome be able to charge you and hit somebody steal your energy back up and if we look at a modern piece when you're talking about equipment uh executioner isn't that right with his with his blood axe oh that blood axe in him is so dumb because he can just he has colossal stamina because of the masters of evil's ability and the axe gives him battle fury steel energy and oh what's the other thing it gives you exploit weakness yeah so yeah he's doing penetrating damage and can attack every turn because he'll heal the colossal stamina it's up and so this is important to note so steel energy is a passive power it's a passive yep so so it's always on so it will it will trigger off of any close attack steel energy only closes though that's the key right it's not a close action but it has to key off a close attack right so it get any close attack kill gets the steel energy so charge is going to be awesome with this because charge allows you to half your speed and move that distance then make a close attack for free is that the way it's close action as a free close action as at no cost. Yeah, that's right. Let's get that right. At no cost. Close action at no cost. And then from that, you can generate it to close attacks, right? Uh-huh. And then Blaze Claws right. Fane. Flurry will give you two well, two close attacks. Is that right? Yes. 
And, and it's, a, it's, it's a close action by itself, and it gives you two close attacks. Why don't you talk about Battle Fury? Why, why would you look for a Battle Fury on a doll? Battle Fury is a great power, even though you cannot be carried, okay, which is totally okay. You're you're now have protected from end cap and mind control. One of the most annoying things that happens to a figure when they're close to, next to a mind control figure is saying go somewhere else and go hit this person. Or if you incapacitate people who have like multiple target incapacitates, they can't be targeted them as they're still coming in. Say, oh yeah, one token, I'm gonna incap you. Nope, can't. I'm still coming. There, it's it's an enraged state of mind. Now it, it's kind of a bummer when a figure has range and they pick up Battle Fury because they can't make range attacks anymore because it gives them zero range basically. But it's okay. They're in a just a fit of rage. They're coming to kill something. And the most important thing is the character they're attacking can't use shape change, which for me is one of the most devastating powers in my life of clicks because it seems like everyone who has shape change on their team always tends to roll it. So. As for a little while there, I was trying to build teams that had ID card Collins that had exploit, not exploit, um, Battle Fury on the dial. When I saw the Spider-Man, the Bruce Banner Spider-Man in Thor, yes. I was like, charge, flurry, Battle Fury with super strength. Now, he can't use super strength with the with the flurry, but you know if he wants to do the super strength instead with charge, super strength with Battle Fury, it's five damage that you can't shape change out of kind of nice too no i agree with um and really if you kind of think about it charge is more susceptible to shape change destroying your action than running shot because you can target somebody else usually if you see somebody with shape change you'll run your running shot guy out there so they can target two people just in case they lose that shape change they're like okay well i'm gonna go target this character if you charge (laughs) You're going to charge all the way in, and then the shape change roll happens, right? So you're now you're based, and you can't attack them. You know, you have in cap on here, and I guess I never realized in cap worked with charge. Yeah. So with the new rules, it's it's a close action. So if you really wanted to not take that mystic damage, you could in cap them and hopefully give them that second and push them instead of having to deal damage. Especially for a figure that's not going to deal a lot of damage, say a two damage figure going up against an involved figure. I right. think sometimes, uh, I think somebody did an article on it. I, I read a lot of Heroclix articles. Controlling tempo. Incap is a tempo controlling power. So I think that's pretty cool. I never would have thought of charge with Incap. I don't know many figures out there that have that, but it's not—it's not a combo you see a lot of. That's for darn sure. You typically see more running shot in cap, which you know is good because you have multiple targets. But um, you know, if they have stealth or something goes wrong and you miss, you kind of leave yourself out there. I mean, if you're gonna base somebody, I think having charge in cap reflexes with a uh, outwit is kind of a good combination there. You know, maybe one or two damage tops. I, I could see a Batman only having outwit, I mean, outwit, outwit, and in cap sometimes because he's not out to hurt you, he's out to stop you, you know, and keep you from hitting him back. I would love to see a Batman that could almost do a mixy, I won't say a pulse wave, but where he could put two tokens on you if you wanted to. That'd be an interesting piece. You also put on here mind control. I never would have thought of that. I mean, it had to be traded because mind control is in the same slot as a movement power, but it they can key off each other. I guess mind control can be a close. Yes, it, it can does. Be a closer range, yep. 
That's pretty cool to run in, boom, close attack their best piece, and then run him out and go kill something. <laughs> See if you're really silly. Like, like, when I think of this combo, it makes no sense like in a tactical advanced meta state. But like you run in there with charge, you say, take my take my possessive form. I'll move you away from me because we're friendly now and go take your piece. Or I charge in Michael you three behind me to my other kill box and those guys just kill you off. So <laughs> I just trying to think of some mind control pieces. I probably wouldn't most mind control pieces I'd never want to give them close. I don't think. But sometimes, if you think about it, most mind controllers have stealth sometimes. Like, think of uh, Poison Ivy. She'll get right. based at some point because people get sick of her doing whatever she's doing. And say, okay, you're based to me. I'm going to close action mind control you and do whatever the heck I want with you. You'll see it more likely on that. And the fact that we have the chase Loki now, who's, I think, staff gives mind control shape change, that's an option. Oh, that's true. Now you can add mind control to one of your chargers. So that would be that'd be a different one because most mind control pieces don't have great attack values. So to put a mind control piece with a higher attack value might be silly, crazy. Right. We all think mind control. You think Professor X. You think uh, the new uh, what's it called? Um, who's that crazy figure from AEW that has mind control? Purple Man. That one's Here, here's the way I think. You know who I'd want to put the staff on. Two. 25 point piece. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 11 attack, 12 charge. I mean, 7 charge with 18 defense, 3 damage. Who's A this? rock troll. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Can you see an annoying rock troll running in there with a staff and mind controlling you? I mean, it's shape change, too. So, why not? Sheesh. And, and the funny part about that is, is that his attack value is so high, it makes him just really worth the investment. He's only going to be a 35 piece, 35 point piece that can, you know. Cause what's called disruption in your opponent's team for something so cheap. Yeah. Make them have to come after him. Yep. I, I am a person, I, I love to just rip stuff apart. But hey, I love that. Those are all great ideas. You know, there's two or three of those I never thought of. I love the in cap mind control. Gets me thinking here. Yeah, we didn't talk about Quake, but Charge Quake's pretty cool, especially for a disruptive now with the ruling of the way they're doing Defend anymore and the way they're ruling JSA and yeah. your your teams like Defenders. Now when you have those big clump guys, just like Energy Explosion, you can go sit there and break those formations up. I think that's, right. that's killer. And, and, and I also want to say um, with Quake – I want you guys to all look at the amount of knockback there is in the game now. With mind control and leadership having the passive ability to have you know plus one to your action, and then they work with adjacent characters of the same points, or sorry, lower points are keyworded now, they have added knockback to a lot more powers, more effectively, I feel. Like, you know, doubles, of course, super strength mm-hmm. now. Quake now and Force Blast, of course. Well, I mean, Quake always had it, but I mean, that's four different powers that disrupt positioning. And that is huge in this game. Those four powers, you see Super Strength on a lot of dials. You see Quake now on a lot of dials. Force Blast is still kind of one of those air powers, unless they have like traded or something like that, because no one likes to see purple on their speed. And. And uh, no, doubles. doubles. Doubles is a thing. 
anyone can do, which gives everyone knockback. Oh, and I think there's a weapon. I think it's a mace. Just gives out knockback now. But your advantage is you're knock people off at buildings, break up formations. You guys see a mastermind figure next to his buddy? Go kick him off of it and then have fun with it. Because either way, either the pawn's going or he's moving. They'll be apart from each other at that point. And then you just go ham on either one. Some of the rules have really strengthened knockback. Uh, like the rule of flyers now being knocked off elevations plus two damage. They'll do two damage. So now, uh, looking at a quake, since they now also have full damage quakes, and one thing I was noticing is how many figures now are being uh, added with full length movement quake. Do you get free action or at no cost to a quake at the end of your movement? Come to mind, 50-point Hulk out of the starter set. He is worth the starter set cost. Besides the I, the math that you get and the powers and ability card, that 50-point Hulk's crazy. 10 movement, 12 attack, 18 defense impervious, 4 damage with Quake traded at the end of his entire movement. I mean, that's just silly. And your, and your ability to position pieces, I think that's going to slow the game down now since positioning is so key anymore and we have so much knockback and ability to reposition pieces. Really what's going to happen is it's not so much that you're deciding what to attack, you're deciding the angle of your attack now. Where do I want to hit this piece from to knock them here? Where do I want to go? here to knock them there you know so i'm that's a new we never worried about that because knockback was so situ it's so random yeah now you control it a hypersonic super strength piece you know if i can hit a piece and knock him into a kill box why wouldn't i go up with my hypersonic boom knock you right into my kill box and then jump them i i like that all great combos i mean those are great synergies and i think you can build some teams around those synergies and just kind of get have some fun with them Okay, let's move on to running shot. What were you thinking on running shot? What's your, what's your go-tos? When you see running shot, you want to see this. I mean, obviously, pulse wave and pensai, just two staples. They both either reduce and they deal penetrating, so they can't reduce damage. So, you know, in in uh, impervious and invul and toughness, like, you laugh at those powers saying, huh? And uh, pulse wave just says you can't use powers. And you have used your printed defense. So even like their ESD is just turned off. All their perplexes are turned off. Their sharing of the JSA or defenders, you got your printed, you know? It's it's so powerful, those two powers. Um, there are, of course, other ones, a little more simple, but I was actually shocked, and you were saying earlier, how few powers actually work with running shot now. So besides those two, you have energy explosion, which can't be mixed with anything else. Right. And uh, which is fine. It does that same thing where you could do two damage to everyone, period, which is nice. And um, if you can get knockback on that somehow, I don't know. Is Stormbreaker still a thing? Yeah, it is. Yes, That's it is. <laughs> kill two damage and knock up a big formation of little dudes, and it kills Pog, so that's a good thing, too. But yeah. Go ahead. No, go on. Go on. Uh, ones that people will also should know are there are, of course, Mind Control and Incap again. And, of course, you know, Running Shot Mind Control. Take care, of, take care of the figure. Put it into your kill box. Bring it closer to your guy. You know, that kind of thing. In uh, cap, dish out tokens. If you have three bolts and in cap, running shot, go crazy. Just pick dudes up and say token, token, token. 
Have fun clearing those next turn. But the one I think that will throw a lot of people off is the uh, range object action. So why don't you just go ahead and finish your thought. So why would we use a range object instead of uh, my normal damage if I'm doing a run shot? So um, before I cut off there, uh, basically if if you had the weirdest power set ever on a figure that so for some reason, like I would think, um, and this, this isn't one that would work very well, but uh, a figure with running shot super strength that only had one or two damage, could pick up a heavy and throw it its range for three because you deal object damage at three for heavies and two for lights so it could up your damage in a sense now you're going to see a lot more options for super strength with characters who have you know no movement attack at all because if they have super strength they can still throw an object six squares before it was always annoying to know you know yeah super strength character who couldn't throw out more than four squares that was never far enough six is really a big deal oh yeah and i would think that would be good for you know who i'm thinking might be that that type of combo might be good for hmm. is uh, avengers defenders war chase samantha wilson hmm. because she is let me pull her up She's only doing two damage. She's got a perplex. She's got super strength. She's got a seven charge with a four range. So it would right. add two. So her reach also got a lot better. So yes. you can carry her. She can go four. She's near a red object. She picks it up. She's coming in at four and she can throw another six. So she is on the vehicle. She can move 14 squares. Is that right? But but remember though, you can't use a ranged object action with a close. Oh, that's charge. true. Darn. I know. Okay. I've always wanted people to be able to run and throw an object. That's, that's what Hulk does. Hulk yeah. literally says, I'm coming at you, tank turret, throw it at you. I know. <laughs> okay. I was I, I forgot we were talking about running shot, but that's cool. That's, that's cool. Fine. But I, that could a piece just like her that had running shot would be one that you could use, or a traded super strength, or as you said, light objects. Light objects. Yeah. You know, picking up a light object and being able to throw it and it does two damage. Sometimes all you need is the extended range. I mean, right. got to knock somebody past a an outwit click or hit somebody to knock them off something else. You know, you don't need a full damage. You just need to hit them and it extends ranges. All right. Those are all awesome. I like those. But like I said, yeah, charge has more options than running shot does. Though running shot's pulse wave is probably the best option for anything. Right. And, you know, the reason why I think running shot has less options is because it's still very potent. Being able to gun down your opponent, your, your figure, your opponent's figures from, you know, five to ten squares away with pieces today, it's a little insane, which is probably why they give them less options to do. There's less interaction because unless you can get up close to them, you know, they're just going to keep on keeping on. Oh, yeah. So we, we were going to talk about sidestep, but you pretty much summed it up basically here when it says basically everything but poison it's just yeah. good with everything you think about it you can do anything with sidestep you can take any power action you want you can sidestep hypersonic you can sidestep running shot you can sidestep close combat expert sidestep range combat expert you know it's just a thing to get you into position to do another thing 
And with the new ruling on poison, poison has lost its ability with sidestep because sidestep because poison now reads that if you move, as long as you've not moved, is that right? Not been yeah, moved or been placed, or been placed, then you can use poison at any time in your turn. However, uh, sidestep now won't work with it. Uh, Correct. But I like sidestep. That's probably the hardest power for me to understand from a defender. When I mean a defender, is when I'm facing sidestep, I was struggling understanding how to handle that when I first got back into the game because it was adding basically two to your range mm-hmm. and and gave you what I call like the ability to step around a corner and shoot somebody or to yep. shoot somebody and step it's away. Out. <laughs> yeah. So it became it became this this new power that's really hard to find, but I mean to understand, but that's cool. So sidestep everything but poison, there's a reason for that, but it, it's very good. Uh, I love here's my my favorite combo with sidestep. I go ahead and tell you, I love a grounded figure that has an enhancement and sidestep. Uh-huh. I love to run and shot, carry him out, shoot, and then in order not to get into some kind of energy explosion nastiness, you know, run another sidestep him over, run those figure out to run and shot next to him. Let's go uh, to a two thingness. Should they be fun to do that with? <laughs> yeah. Silly, stupid. And take Eric Masterson and two Thenas, which is only 265 points, and let them do that little trickery like that and let him slide back and forth between the two of them, giving them plus one and perplexing one of them. <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> so that, that that might be fine. So, yeah. So sidesteps, really cool. A lot of cool options there. So let's look at stealth. Stealth, which I think lately has gotten a bump because we are starting to filter through our stealth busting teams and we have less stealth busting and more inability to handle it so what are your thoughts what's some great combos to go with stealth so to me a stealth figure has always been a couple things stealth figures to me are turrets usually they have range whether it be like four, five, ten, whatever, I think of them saying, okay, this means I need to put him somewhere where he can hide and then have field control over the battlefield. A good example is usually any Batman, and the one I like now is the shifting focus Batman from Elseworlds who gives everyone perplex than his four squares. Oh, that's, that's, that is stupid. That piece is stupid. <laughs> I If you've watched my podcast, and I know, I know you have, but me and Mark have played games with that, and we struggle to get him off the battlefield. And mm-hmm. we can have all the other shifting focus Batman, but really his perplex is so powerful. That's just right. stupid. It's stupid. And, and which is why, you know, stealth and pop are the two cohesive things. Because if you have a figure who is hiding on the battlefield with perplex, outwit, or prob, you're like, that is annoying. The fact that you have a perplex on tap or an outwit on tap or a, a prob on tap for whatever you're doing, it's like, I have to go get him, but I can't see him because he's in hindering. <laughs> and so I have to grow and run someone out there, go get him base contact. And then the best combo with that is when a still figure has combat reflexes. Because then they're like, okay, I got a 17 because I've been hindering or not hindering because you're next to me now. I have 19 up close because you couldn't shoot me, making them struggle to have to kill a piece that's probably like 50 points or more, you know? So, yeah, I, stealth is a 
Stealth's a cheap power, I feel. I, I think stealth's cheap. I think it can cause them a lot of issues with range teams. And that's really, I think, there's a balance to range teams. And it can, with those support powers, it can be annoying to your um, it can be annoying to your opponent because really, I'm gonna be honest. I, I see somebody set their figures down across from me in a game. I'm I'm automatically. I know you do the same thing. I start figuring out how I'm going to dissect that team. Am I going after the big gun or am I going after support? Well, if you if you don't have a stealth busting team and they have their supports in stealth, you're kind of forced to go after one thing, and it might not be your best option. You might should try and take out their support and weaken their figure. So, and and if we all know the best advice anyone can give in the game of HeroClix is make your opponent make hard decisions. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I, a lot of losses have come about because I've had to make hard decisions. You know, it's that's what it's about when you play good quality opponents you can't take all the options off the board i don't think you can't take all the options off the board so in the end what happens is you give your opponent bad options to take correct and if you can do that in a game consistently even with bad dice rolls you will come out on top more of times than not but anyway go on so uh, again, with stealth, I think of characters like Deadshot. He's going to sit in the back, nine range. He'll have range combat expert. He's just sitting there sniping you for that extra damage or whatever attack that he needs to get you. And it's like, oh, this nine range sniper is so annoying. Or another one, uh, Winter Soldier from Nick Fury, man. That, that whatever, he hits 10 range, outwit range combat expert on the oh, same yeah. character. That's, that's, that's silly. That's 95 silly. points. That guy is ridiculous yeah that's that 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 is silly i will say that 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 is a good piece uh is it does nick nick fury he balls of fury doesn't have stealth does he he does let's see it's even more ridiculous stealth shape change then it picks your highest points because the plus one attack and damage it's oh yeah and you can't use a power so he's kind of nuts shoots yeah. everything but walls yeah so. <laughs> we all know nick fury that's enough on that guy right but, so I mean, go ahead the other combo with that with reflexes is of course having the pop powers but if you don't have those you'll have close combat expert because I mean, my personal favorite, if I could have a close combat figure that had stealth, I like sidestep, charge, reflexes, close combat expert. Because I can move up the field, hide in the shrubbery, sidestep out, keep moving into more shrubbery without being hindered by hindering terrain, and just keep coming to you. You have to come get me, or I get you first. Yeah, but, and and a lot of these aren't found naturally on the dial, but with no. the advent of these new weapons and the advent of some resources like, uh, I don't know, Eclipso with his top dial stealth, or mm-hmm. even uh, the Supreme Intelligence with its second clicks. No, is it second click stealth? I think it is second click stealth willpower. It can give you some of these options that makes your team makes your figure kind of synergetic, you know, kind of moving it along. So, yeah, I like all that. I like I like your idea of the stealth person being a turret, either to be support or to sit there and snipe people. Or to just make their way up the field, so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, some great it's got options. It's good power, guys. Yeah, 
<laughs> what about flurry? Let's go with flurry. That I'll let you take re- this one. You go ahead and you can read through my options. I'll let you have this one here. Flurry. Um, the big change now is it's still good with steel energy, but it's only going to heal one click. Before you could do it and it would heal multiple clicks, but now it's only one. But that's still good. Anytime you can heal, it's awesome in this game. Uh, I do. I do want to say I feel they've really nerfed healing in this game. They've made it available to you. It's almost a guarantee with stealth and regen now and steel energy. But the healing is like a maximum of four clicks ever. They uh, never want you coming back top dial. Unless you read the new Nefario errata. Yeah, he he he. He's stupid. <laughs> he's special, now. yeah. He's stupid now. I mean, and what? Two hundred points, though. But but he is. But if 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 you don't know, the new errata says that uh, Nefaria doesn't have to uh, basically have his die if he does a regen roll, so he can get to six. He's he's one of the few pieces that can get to six. Now, if they do that to Mary Marvel, that's just going to be crazy stupid. Which they didn't. They already have her right up. So yeah. basically the new ruling for blade for blades, oh my gosh. For regen is if they had a thing where they didn't have the they didn't uh, minus two to the result, they add two to their result now. And which would so, be a maximum of four now. Right, because you could roll a six, get to eight, and then have it as four. Right. Which that's as high as support can roll too, which I think is fair. Uh, one great thing you mentioned in here, Battle Fury, which we've talked about with Charge, Battle Fury is that way so that you don't get kind of messed up on uh, shape change, which is pretty right. important. And the any kind of knockback, I like what you said here, any kind of knockback on the second attack, and what you point out, which what we need to know is not knockback is very optional now. It's not going to be automatic, so you have to call it. You know, I'm going to use knockback or stuff like that so that gives you some options like hit once hit the second time to knock them away so it frees you up maybe you have sidestep with it or maybe it's a trade right. sidestep or something and you can get further away which then makes them uh you knock them past their charge and you knock them away from you and you still have charge that creates a conundrum for them because all of a sudden well i can't move an attack and he's gonna be able to move an attack and hit me another time so love that Flurry's a great power i think it works best traded with charge, but you know that's your that's your golden golden chance yeah. right there. Charge, I mean, flurry, blades, claws—that's kind of where it's at. But yeah, but a flurry getting knocked onto—I think flurry is a great thing to happen to get knocked into. Right. Okay, I love to have a charge piece that gets knocked into flurry because he's already based. You know, he comes in, he bases you, boom, you knock him into flurry. You're hating life. You're hating life a lot. So I like that. Love those synergies. I'm probably looking for flurry mid dial if I don't have charge traded with it. I don't know about you. Nah, that's that's totally fair. I like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's look at mind control. Uh, mind control is probably the power that got the biggest boost, I think, in the new rule set. Boost, nerf, it depends how you look at it. I mean, the things it could do with the old rules was silly and caused nothing but rules questions, nothing but headache, whatever. It's like, can I mind control his guy, use his once per game free action to get this thing? Do I got to keep that thing? I was like, 
why is this a thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, uh. <laughs> it created conundrums in the game. But the new mind control, I think, is trying to steer the game to more of an aggressive one. Yes. And I think I like it because I like the ability to take any of your figures and turn them into a move and attack piece. Right. And and the option to take an attack first and then move it is pretty neat yeah. also. The, the fact that they said you could do move or attack in any order was golden. It just gives you way more options with the figure. I do not like that it's only half range. Because I guess they didn't want you sending a figure 12 squares away. <laughs> but I understand they're trying to keep it within a sensible mind control area of effect, if you kind of want to think of it that way. I know it's a terrible term to use, but you think about mind controller, they want to be able to kind of keep you within a certain amount of squares. Say, I see you, I can move you around, you're my puppet, you know. If, if they walk someone 12 squares, like, I think I lost you out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and don't you think that's also trying to um i don't know uh make you make harder options too right i mean i mean keep the let's not get silly and be able to destroy the entire integrity of the game you know the ability Mm -hmm. to uh you know throw a piece totally out of the fight you know you can't get them all the way out of the fight so you're gonna have to make it a hard option on what you do with them but you can and it it has the speed value. The range stays the same, but it will have the speed value. Yeah. So you can mind control them. And so uh, I love what you said here. Use mind control to bring people over into poison. Yep. And that's awesome. Oh, you need to come here. Uh, move figure to block a line of fire. Okay. Yeah. So let's say, for instance, you need a big attack, right? And there are probbers over there watching you. What you can do is you move their figure over by their prober in front of them so they can't see your attacker. So when you go to make your attack, you don't have that scare of, oh, they're going to prob me if I hit. Oh, yeah. they're, from, they're from the figure still block on a fire. So. Uh, that's all. That, that would be a good one. I never thought of that. But that'd be situationally strategic. Right. And the more options you can figure out for mind control, the more you can surprise your opponent. And the more you can surprise your opponent, the more they're not prepared for what you're doing. And it can kind of knock them off their game. Right. And, you know, also using someone's own figure to go hit their figure to take mystics damage for you. Never a bad idea either. I don't know. That usually makes people sick. <laughs> you know, it, it, just, it, it hurts your heart. It hurts your heart just a little bit. But um, I kind of like that. I kind of like this other thing. I think sometimes on these powers, you need to think a little bit outside the box, and it, it gives you more when you think outside the box. I mean, just like you said, blocking line of fire. I mean, I think sometimes we do some of our actions and don't think about it. Uh-huh. You know, and there's another strategic element. If you bring it in, you kind of think it out. I think it makes a huge difference in the game. Huge difference in your game. That's not saying the game itself, but in your game, in that how dangerous an opponent you can be. So it's always kind of looking for that. I think it's playing around. Uh, here's the question. I don't know that we have a lot of great mind control pieces right now. Do you know any off the top of your head? I mean, Moon Dragon's pretty good. Um, I think Hella has that pretty nasty one in the middle of her dial. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I would agree. Hella's is pretty nice. Moon Dragon, yes. She has one that ups the, her attack value, right? I think so. Purple, Man. also, Purple Man's good. He got a little bit worse with the recent errata, but it's okay. Yeah, well, sometimes. Sometimes that happens. Okay, let's look at Hypersonic. 
hypersonic used to be the go-to if you saw hypersonic on anybody's dial that figure was obviously four or five levels above a normal figure you know and if you put certain pieces together and we all know the superman combo right hypersonic super strength um impervious and a a ridiculously high damage value high damage value (laughs) with some range and you're looking at all, all a meta piece automatically meta piece i mean you would see how many supermans actually kind of go out there and kind of do it so uh why don't you take this go ahead i've done a couple why don't you that's fine what are you thinking about hypersonic so okay hypersonic got a bit of a buff and a bit of a nerf in the new rules because no longer does plasticity just flat out counter it which upsets a lot of people i mean i would literally bring plasticity to a team to help counter said hypersonic because there's nothing worse than a jakeem coming at you with his 11 4 damage with a ultra heavy object and uh, yeah, really? <laughs> it's like well i'm gonna die so um it's kind of a bummer that that's gone, but I know why they did it, and it's because of the fact that you can no longer mix super strength, or sorry, not super strength. You can't miss mix close object action with it. Right. Okay? Which is a very big key. You can still use super strength with hypersonic, and there's a very unique thing that can be done with hypersonic with super strength. That was kind of kind of cool. So. One of the neat things I learned about hypersonic speed is you can actually pick up an object, hit your opponent's figure on your second move, bring the object back to your figure, and drop the object again. It's one of the only powers you can do that with. Really? Pick up and drop in the same action because the moves are separate. That's why. Now, it's also good because if you hypersonic in, you punch them with super strength, it has a chance to knock them back if they don't have any like reflexes or super strength. I mean, charge. So you're like, okay, you've just flown backwards, parked off a cliff, ran into a wall, hooray, more damage that would have been where the object would have come from, anyways. And I don't have to break away from you anymore. So I'm running back and I'm safe. So that's pretty cool it's it's totally fine like i don't mind the whole um moving in attacking and having to break away again the only thing that bugs me about it is that we as original players of hypersonic would count up say attacking from here drop our token and then run back because we auto broke before oh yeah say, here i am you count your whole speed out now you have to pause make your attack roll make your break away roll and then oh crap how many squares did they move again? That's That might be a thing that could happen in the game. I could see. I wish there was a have a little dice or a counter. Mike was saying that in one of our BattleBox videos. I'm like, that's kind of a reasonable argument. That's something that could happen for sure. Oh, yeah. But uh, aside, aside from that, though, that's that's really it. The, the most efficient way to use hypersonic now is with telekinesis. You know, if you can throw them out six squares, have them run up and come back, that's still going to be really good. I like the flash because he usually has PD. He can be flung out there, hit you for three damage, shoot back here somewhere. My running shot guy runs up next to him, PDs you, and shoots you with minus one to your defense, and you go from there. It's going to be a more quick get in, get out has always kind of been with less damage output. I mean, let's be brutally honest, guys. No one in this game ever liked being hit by hypersonic super strength for six plus damage. It just was never a fun day. You always got alpha strike one shot and the game was no longer fun at that point. 
now that hypersonic speed is down to your printed damage almost, basically, unless you perplex it up, you know, it's not going to do as much as it did before. And no. you can still use steel energy to heal, battle fury to keep them using shape change. There's, there's lots of still combos there. It's just not as strong as it used to be. No, and I, I'm going to say that that's probably a good thing because they did do away the plasticity rule, which was right. which was nice, but which I think weakened top dial plasticity pieces a little bit and made mid dial plasticity pieces a little bit more annoying. Right, because if you hyper into one of them and they land on it, you then have to roll a normal breakaway four through six, which is much scarier than just the two through six. Yeah, so uh, I kind of liked what Amber Collins said. She said now... I, I, I read on a post she had put on a comment as a comment she made on some Facebook post. And she said, you know, now she uses hypersonic super strength in order. She doesn't have to worry about breakaway rolls. You know, right. Boom. You know, and so you don't worry about that. You just knock them back. And that's a way to avoid having to go through your whole breakaway thing. Because I go ahead and tell you, me and Mark have play tested it. And I have failed breakaway three or four times with hypersonic <laughs> pieces. And at my last tournament, I did. And you feel so vulnerable, too, don't you? It's just the I, worst. <laughs> I know. I mean, and I ran Herc up, and he, he hit. And I'm like, let me roll one. Oh, wow, you're going to stay right there, Herc. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, my little Herc. But little Herc. <laughs> yes. And, and you know what? I've thought, I've thought of it because I've run title character Thor, and I always go through that. Should I shoot? Should I punch? Usually I shoot because it gives me a little bit more way to get away, but – you know, there's that thing where I could go knock them around or I could knock them back towards my kill box. So I, I think some good good options there. For sure. And, like, if you have Precision Strike, like I said, Precision Strike works well with this power because if you have range in that one target, you just for sure damage, and there they go. All right. Okay, so let's go over others. What are some other power synergies that you're just kind of looking for? I know we keep talking about Precision Strike, so that's always right. working with everything. But – What's one of those powers that, you know what, this just makes any type of figure better? Hmm. I'd have to look over my PAC because I didn't do a whole lot on this one. I got got kind of tired one night. Give me a second here. Well, I was looking at what you put at the bottom here, your pop powers. Which I explained at the beginning of our session here as well. Yeah. Prop, I went perplex. Those ones make any figure better. You know, I is, think... You know, I, oh, I was, good, I was just going to say, I said on my last podcast, Outwit makes a 30-point figure one of the greatest figures in the world. Ah, that Black Panther. <laughs> it is. I mean, because he's got stealth Outwit, doesn't he? Isn't he stealth Outwitter right then? Yeah, and he has charged blades on the other half. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> yeah. So, is there any other ones like that? That, that If you see it on a dial, you go, okay, this is something I really want I think this just makes this guy good. I mean, as far as powers go, like empower enhancement are always good on supporting characters that can give out the extra damage. Cause like I said, they have lowered the damage output on this game on just figures themselves. So you rely on perplex, you rely on enhancement, you rely on empower to up your damage. If you are still those people who love to try and one shot figures as one of your favorite things to do in the game, you're going to need every kind of modifier you can get to do so. And those new Eternals that can do the plus two for losing their their thing, 
and they can pick their damage value. That's the most nuts thing about it. Is like that that Athena. Oh, eleven attack, five damage. Pensai. Zap. Oh, and she, she she's even nastier because you know with the rule of replace then modify. I mean, it's just crazy to be able to have to do a running shot and then add the two on. So she's doing a run shot of eight, right? Seven range. That's a 15, 15 square swing with a pin side, and she can go around corners. Yeah, it's just nasty. Uh, I think, okay, in my opinion, when we're looking at pieces uh, forty points and below, well, I would say let's let me just no, let's go thirty, and it's going to sound. So I look for pieces with empowering enhancement. And support, if they have one of those three below 30 points, then I am pretty happy. I mean, you know, I'm like, I got 20 points and there's an enhancer out here. Or 15 points and there's an enhancer. That figure's awesome. You know, I'm like going, okay, he's bringing something to the team. He's very low point cost into my team. And (laughs) enhancement and power both have the ability to be checked multiple times in a round. Right, right. And so... I, I perplex is only used on one figure, but enhancement can be used as many times as you can abuse it as many times, as long as you meet its requirements, you know? So I think that right there brings a lot to your team. But the, a cool lot. Thing about, the coolest thing about perplex now, I think you and Matt covered this was that you could like perplex down your opponent's piece and that minus one sticks and that's just ruthless. <laughs> yeah. I think perplex on defense is a huge thing everybody needs to pay attention to because just like enhancement defense is multi-checked so if you do it against another character that means for three if you have three attacks for all three attacks he's always going to get that minus one and if you put it on your defense if he has three attacks it's always a plus one on those three attacks and it just kind of keeps it out that makes those eternals just stupid Right. When they plus two their defense, it's so hard to keep hitting those high defensive numbers. And it's, it's like at that, at that point, you're like, oh, I cannot witch you, but what's the point? I mean, yeah. I guess you get out with the perplex, I guess. That's something you could do. I guess you, know. you could. But yep. it stays to the end of the turn, so why do it? I know, huh? <laughs> I mean, you could outwit it, but it doesn't go away when you outwit I mean, their perplex. As far as I know, yeah, I think you're right. but Because it says until your next turn. Yeah. So so the duration effect, but oh, I hate the duration effect thing, because if you look at barrier, barrier has the same thing, but it has even if this power is lost. And if you counter a power, it is technically lost. And so the duration effect would end immediately. But I don't I'm not a rules aficionado. That's just how I would check that ruling on that. But right, I got double check. I always put the disclaimer. I'm just trying to the best of my yes. ability. And you never know what the powers on high will rule it as. So <laughs> a couple a couple honorable mentions for me for powers as far okay. as synergies go. I like barrier. Okay. Um the ability to separate your opponent's figures, especially if they're playing Bizarro Green Arrow. If you can put barriers down between the person and the person being shot between those two, they can't be adjacent no more. That's huge because you can do that. As long as the first one's within your line of fire and the rest are all within your range, you can actually place them adjacent in those like kitty corners to break adjacency on that green arrow. Okay. Now, Free barrier is always the best, but power action barrier with the new rules, how you just place it and it sticks, nothing makes that barrier go away. If you're outwit, if you are clicked off the power, if you die, that barrier sticks till the beginning of your next turn, which is amazing. Yes, I agree. 
Same thing for Smoke Cloud. Being able to lower people's attack values only for opposing is really strong because you can put out six of those suckers. If you make a six square Smoke Cloud around you, they're going to have a much harder time hitting you, especially if you have, you know, uh, stealth and reflexes, like I was saying earlier. And especially against a charge team because if they enter that Smoke Cloud, they stop. They which stop. Is- yeah, they stop because it's hindering trails. They ignore it. Oh, sorry. Shouldn't use the word ignore. That's the wrong term. They don't move through hindering no more. That's right. I was also saying you get a minus one to your attack, too, from the smoke crowd. Right. So if you're at 19 to go down to a 10 or a 9, they're going to have a bad time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be tough. Which, which I think you guys may have talked about. Did you guys see the, the obscuring terrain in the new rulebook? <laughs> I know when I was on Cerebros, uh, Mike talked about it, and he thought that's where Smoke Cloud was heading, was obscuring I, terrain. I wouldn't mind if that happened, actually. I really, it, yeah. It might weaken the power, but it makes a little bit more sense. Because a smoke wouldn't stop you from moving. You just couldn't see anything. Right, and the obscuring terrain would just, it would only be for line of fire purposes and not for movement purposes, Right, right. But it should still give you minus one to your attack, I think, because you're still having to punch through a cloud of smoke. Yes, and it, since it's red that way, too, that's what helps on that. So, um, and the new ruling with Chase Superman, is that right? Where he can use oh. Smoke Cloud now to yeah. activate his special healing power, which so is kind of broken. <laughs> Shifting focus Batman can put up smoke clouds for you under Superman, no matter where he's at. And at the beginning of your turn, yes, they go away, but the trigger checks if he began the turn in hindering terrain, not printed. So, yeah. Yeah. Holy start a full charge from the smoke cloud. So, there you go. That's all great things. Those are great synergies to kind of look at and make sure they're on teams. Um, and kind of build around those synergies. I think those are how powers kind of operate. You know, you gave me a lot of new ideas and new new ideas on how to kind of synergize pieces. So I think that's pretty good. So let's look at some what figures. And if we look over the last couple of sets, let's go from Elseworlds to Mighty Thor set, because I don't want to get too, too way back. So what are some great synergic potential like peanut butter and bananas from those sets. Like what two figures could go great together? I always think of Mixie and Frogman were like made in heaven. Um, they just they just heat Frogman help Mixie out and Mixie, those two just kind of work. But do you see any kind of synergy in some of those some pieces out of those sets? So okay, I may have misunderstood this question when I was answering it. I picked figures that had good synergetic combos already on their dials. So I wasn't thinking two piece combos. That's my bad. No, but, it's fine. <laughs> but I mean the one that I like to talk about the most that you do too apparently is that new Thor Odinson title character. Oh, Being yeah. able to minus one and pull it as guardian from anywhere on the map, that then sets them up for an enormous amount of options. It's like, okay, you're here. Now you can charge. Oh, hey, um, you know you know that Defender's uh, Valkyrie from AEW? She'll go ahead and do her move action thing through people. Blades everyone. Or, yeah, blades everyone. And say, okay, Thor, bam, get back here. We'll heal one. Wow. I mean, she can push. <laughs> isn't that crazy? That's just crazy <laughs> what that can happen. And I mean, the ability to do that at different times, and because it's a free action, he just yeah. has to take a minus one to his 
his title ability. Title. And it's just that's just crazy. But that's a great combo. Him with any Asgardian can create some mayhem on the board. The ability to take an Asgardian from your starting area, especially with hypersonic, I think that that works so well with his hypersonic because he can't carry anybody. Right. And he's placing them. Basically, he's going, okay, I can move 11, then I got to place you 11 away. It's like a long-distance TK, kind of like a tractor beam. He draws them to him. Correct. Yeah. It's, it's That's kind of crazy. It is. I would think, you know, when it first came out, you know, we all were very helpful. We thought the Green Lantern from Elseworlds, the yeah. one that the com- – was he common? The one that can carry, and then if you roll the five or six, the roller five or six could, uh, you know, take tokens off and allow somebody to kind of go. Yep. Um, he would probably work with some pieces. Uh, the problem with him is that he's got great synergy, but I hope you can roll the dice well. I know. And the fact you can't prob it now because the new prob is only for attacks and breakaways. It's like, please, dice gods, let me hit this dice roll. Yeah. Because you're so scared. You're so scared or terrified to say, oh, yeah, I'll move up my uh, eight to 11 squares, whatever he's got, and say, here's two figures. I really need that six. I'm in no man's land. You roll a one and be like, well, come kill me. Yeah, I agree there. I agree. Um, I was thinking, though, okay, this is a insight. Um, I've been, as you said, I love that Thor Odinson. I think I have the guy I want with him. And it, okay. would, it would be Fandral. Oh, Okay. And and this is why, because when you tra- when you when you move when you place Fandral next to Thor, he can then charge and flurry. And then when he flurries, the person he started next to, if he had the Asgardian keyword, gets to roll a dice. For every one he hits, he rolls a dice and a five or six on any time he gets to remove an action token. Hmm. So you can think about that. Thor runs all the way up, sits there, hammers somebody, calls up Fandral. Fandral runs in, hammers him twice more, and and Thor gets two chances to take that action token he just put on himself off. That's a little nuts. I didn't read Fandral. I never got one. I really want one. but And he has that dueling sword, and if he's attacking somebody, that's, he's, uh, he's not adjacent to anybody else. He'll get a plus two to his attack. So that right there, that that synergy between those two, and the ability to move across, uh, you know, it's like, oh wow! If if Fandral can hit both attacks, I think that ups that ability to roll that five or six a lot, and to take it off Thor, especially if you put some, um, you know, this is where I start debating. What if you put some ID cards there? Yeah, you can imagine that Thor can sit there, hit you, calls up Fandral. Fandral runs up there and hits you. Then he can next turn call in an ID card. Boom. Call Fandral back for a reattack again and take a token off again. <laughs> and then, and then if, but then that would push Fandral. But as soon as he pushes, right. he st- keeps his defense value the same. You right. call him back next turn, and he can heal again. They both heal. Yeah, they heal the pushing <laughs> damage. They heal the, the unavoidable he would take from doing the non uh, attack on a. <laughs> Title yeah. ability, yeah. it's a little insane, man. That 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 Thor Odin's son, he is a general among Asgardians to play with. He he is now for him to enter the meta for that to be a meta combo. 
Uh, the points are a little high, and you'd have to be very efficient with the leftover points. That well, would be the uh, thing. That's the thing, and you're stuck on Asgardian keyword to be the most effective with him. But if you think about it, Goblin King, when he was in the Inception, he was 175, and even a Jakeem fully loaded is still like, what, 177? Yeah, what, somewhere around there. Yeah. Supreme and a Eclipso. Yeah, so I mean, you can you can you can look at you get a lot of options. Uh, got some some stuff, but you know, I think there's some combos out there. You can go look at old combos. Um, I, I I can't. Okay, I'm believing that there's probably a combo out there that can go with Devil Dinosaur. I love Devil Dinosaur. I don't know why. I love I Devil mean, Dinosaur. He can be TK now. That's cool. That's crazy. <laughs> crazy now that he can be tk'd him and gene gray who both have the past keyword now really work well together yeah because now he can like okay so i think you tk him out with gene gray he pops out his pogs three squares away she tk's him back and the pogs go have fun <laughs> that's crazy that is crazy right there i think i think yeah there's some great combos out there i'd love for any listener listening now and uh would love for an email of other great Figure combos. What two figures go really well together, kind of complement each other, and just really make a good power set? Um, you, you can pretty much say Al Jordan about anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, uh, yeah, for sure. Now, I want to say one thing about Synergy, and this guy right here to me is one of the most synergistic pieces in the game, and no one's giving him any attention, is the drummer from Else Worlds. You're right. I'm not giving him any attention. <laughs> I look at that and I'm like, well, is that a guy off of a, a rejected Scooby-Doo episode? <laughs> so <laughs> when I first saw this character, I was like, this guy's my hero. I need this guy in my life. So what he does, and I'm sure everyone knows, but I want to kind of lay this down for you guys. For 40 points, okay, this is like only 10 more points than what Mr. Uh, Shea would like in a good support character. That's true. He's got... He's got sidestep with air deflection 16 defense so he goes to an 18 19 if he's in hindering terrain zero damage but that's okay his whole damage power is called planetary archaeologist of the impossible which gives him once per turn outwit or perplex with 10 range so you're like oh wow so 10 range out there i see some i don't like it's outwitted take that sucker and then the other thing is his trait called reading the information flows. This right here is the most busted thing I've ever seen. Once per turn, when an opposing character within range line of fire would use one of the, one of uh, outwit, perplex, or prob control during their turn, you may choose so that they can't use that power, which means you don't have to waste your outwit on that power. You can just say, nah, you can't use prob on me. I'm saying no because I will tell you one thing I've just can't stand. It's like a Jakeem Thunder all by himself coming at me. And I'm like, oh, he's got that prob. And I wish my drummer's up high looking down on him somewhere. And he'll hit me. He'll miss. He'll magically miss somehow and not have any prob backup for whatever reason. Say, oh, prob control. Drummer be like, nah, that's fine. You can just miss that attack uh, this turn. And he's stuck there. He just took a whole swing for ultra heavy object or whatever, pulse wave. And because you're within 10 squares away, didn't pulse wave you. Just no prob. Okay, you're you're almost convincing me to go give this guy a trial. <laughs> I, I will tell you, the first thing came to mind, you tell me all that stuff. And I said, one thing I did like is that he is enough of a threat that he can also be 40 points of bait. Right. You, you will extend a figure to go after him. 
And sometimes you can use that to your advantage. Either he's going to be an advantage in the ability to kind of take some stuff away from you or being annoying enough to you that you actually go after him over another figure that's more dangerous. So I like that option. So I might have to try to build a team with him. I just really, oh, 40 points. I mean, that's an investment. That's a little bit more than 30 or 20. And I, I know it's only 20, 10 more points, but that's an object. And that's Milnor, right? However you say it. Do you have Milnor yet? Okay, you're right. I've got a drummer. <laughs> I don't have that. Touche. 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 Sometimes our decisions are driven by our collection and not, yeah. <laughs> not by the whatever's not, out not there. Not by dreams. <laughs> That's so, it. Now, one good map for this guy, I want to tell you right now, you know the bridge map, right? It has just the water and the giant bridge and the two towers in the end? The Manhattan Bridge? Yeah. yeah okay, yes. You put a heavy object up there and sit him on that. So he's watching out 10 squares from your starting area. You just stay back in that 10 range and say, okay, what you got? Wow. <laughs> Okay, he might be fun. Now that's see, that's what I always say. You're gonna have to go test him out. You know, you have to test him out and get him on some teams and try it out. And that's what I love about local venues. Take him to a local venue, play around with him. Right. Even if you don't build a meta team around him, playing him lets you figure out his weaknesses pretty easily. You can go, okay, I know what he can do, what he can't do. Sometimes you gotta go, you know, go try him out. So you know what? You have convinced me. He is, he's going to dig himself out of the mothballs. I'm going to take him to a tournament, and let's hope he does well. Or I'll learn how to play. Do you know what the saddest part about that is, though? What? When I tried to build my Rock State team, I wanted him on it. And turns out, after I opened up my Brick of Elts world, I didn't get one. Ah. <laughs> so I, I put him on my team. I was like, where is that figure? I, I, oh. I don't actually have him. <laughs> wow, that really sucks. <laughs> yeah. All right. This has been awesome. I love this. This gives me I'm really pumped about trying some new things, I think. Hey, we're coming to the end of this podcast. It's been awesome having you on, Eric. I mean, I love having you. It's been great. And as, as I said before, I'd love to have you back on. I know that... Uh, we can make some stuff work, hopefully, and maybe get you on with Matt. I know you, you have... Uh, you and Matt have worked together before on different projects, not on anything like this, but uh, nah. but that'd be awesome. But I did have a viewer question. So we do have some viewer questions. It comes from Malcolm Rush. If you don't know who Malcolm Rush is, he's the man from Japan, my international man of mystery, one of the first guests I ever had on here. He's awesome. He's not played Heroclix in 10 years, pretty sure, but he follows avidly. And so we like to love to answer it. So his first question was, what is the biggest surprise in the rules, powers, and ability for you? Why don't you take that, Eric? What was the biggest surprise? When you pulled it out and you... Oh, I have to go back a little bit because when, when, when the Eclipse Day happened and I got the new rule book, I literally sat inside, didn't go watch the Eclipse, and I read that darn rule book. <laughs> Dedication I, on an I, unknown level. I'm going to miss this world event. So this other world event can be my focus. You know what's great about the internet? You can put stuff on YouTube and watch the Eclipse on YouTube just fine. Without the special glasses. <laughs> right. <laughs> I will not fry my eyeballs so I can keep playing competitive hero clicks. All right. Okay, so when I was reading the rule book, probably one of the biggest things that kind of caught my eye right away was that critical hits now say super senses can't be rolled when you critical hit. That was huge. I'll agree that, with you there. That to me was like the biggest, like, thank you. 
<laughs> you have no idea that I rolled a critical hit. They're just like, oh, Super Sense is out. I'm like, that was a big one for me. Um, the change to TK down to six, I was like, kind of expected it, but I didn't expect to see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that was big. I mean, I always thought eight was far too many. Uh, the change to team to wildcard and Mystics kind of shocked me a little bit i was a little upset that my spiders can no longer take mystics from you know their friends like dr strange the fact that mystics can now be defended against a lot better than it used to like i love that i can have invincible and just smash on mystics characters that yeah. makes me so happy yeah um yeah i agree with you I, those are all big surprises i didn't expect that coming me. what do you think the biggest one probably came in the team abilities. And TK kind of surprised me. Some of the other stuff, been reading through it, kind of saw it coming because we had some previews. But uh, the disappearance of the Fantastic Four team ability? I have a tear. Yeah, and it, that, that, that was, you know, we hold, out, hold hope against all hope, and it's going away. It was like, uh. I mean, I know it's not been put in use in a long time. No, no, put figures out with it. So, I mean, it kind of puts that nail in the coffin we've all been dreading is that they're basically not going to support that team ability as well as Mains of Doom and um, the other one they got rid of and created Team Player, which uh, I am excited to see on the first figure that gets it, I guess. I guess, yeah. And I guess the ruling on Mystics, change to Penetrating, I, I'm with you. I kind of like that, but it's a big surprise. That's a big nerf to Mystics, but it's dependent upon how many people have Invincible out there. There's not a huge amount, but it's nice to have an Invincible character go, you know what? I'm not going to worry about your Mystics. I'm going to knock the crap out of you. You can't mm-hmm. damage me. Yep. You know, and that's always it's, a question. Can I do at least three damage to if I have to take one? Right. Because now you can feel very happy taking at your uh, super strength invincible character and go thumping a Clarion the Witch Boy for five damage, KOing him and taking no damage. There you go. Because we all can't stand Clarion the Witch Boy at times <laughs> if he's not on our team. Right. Okay, let's move on to the second question. What was the best and worst part in the rule book and power and ability card? Make it easier to understand, not easier to understand. Okay, best part. I think the card turned out amazing. Right. I think it reads very well. And the information on it is pretty nice. I just I thought they did a great job with the card itself. Worst part of the rule book is, and I think we went over this in Cerebros, finding stuff in the rule book at times. They're not always in the right. In the there's like uh, I think Mike mentioned it on your Cerebros. You go to this part, and then you have to go to a totally different part. Like you're dealing with objects, and then you have to go to a totally different part. 20, 30 pages away to deal with special objects. Right. So sometimes that was, it didn't have a great flow. And then the the comprehensive rule book that, you know, you don't get until you download it is kind of, why wasn't that appendix? I kind of agree with Mike on that when he said that. And I'm just stealing his. I am, I am a person that believes in giving credit where credit is due. The bad part about the rule book all comes from Mike, but he, he made a very convincing argument. I kind of agree with it because I, the powers and ability card, I love. I, I will definitely echo you on the powers and abilities card. You give a new player that thing, that's all they need, really. 
It's like, here's your powers. Here's some little black boxes that have reminder text you need, like your crit hits, your crit misses, your object attacks, your actions, your inherent abilities. Perfect. And all the symbols in the back, that's their key to saying, okay, my figure has this symbol with this symbol. That Okay, that's what that means. It's all there. Love it that that's around the map. Mm. Yummy. Yeah. Best thing ever. Worst thing, uh, yeah, Mike definitely hit the nail on the head there. It was a little sporadic. Uh, the rulebook was done nice. They, they they put it all together very nicely. Like, you know, it's easy to read, easy on the eyes. But, yeah, they could have probably put things together. But I know they're trying to separate some things so that new players don't get overwhelmed by one thing. But it's a shame they go to use a thing and say, oh, there's this other ruling on this kind of object. Or the comprehensive has some extra rules that the only judge should know for some reason that you don't have to know. It's like, uh, you probably should give everyone that information so we all know. Because it's, it's going to be kind of a pain when a new player goes to a, an event, a big event, and they're like caught with their pants down because they didn't know there was a special ruling in the comprehensive rule book. Because they were like, oh, I've only been playing for a month. I didn't know that was there. I had no idea. Yeah, I, th- I think that was that was huge. The core rule book is actually better than the previous one, but it still has some ways to go. I think it I, still has, has a little ways to go. I do like that it's now a living rule book. I like that they can like update it whenever the heck they want. It's up there for us to always have whenever we need that. I do like that, even though it's going to be another download. But here's the thing. How many of us don't download that PDF to our phone? <laughs> I have it on mine. <laughs> there you go. Same way with the pack. We can say we like the physical copies, but really we're on our phone trying to look it up. And it's easier to hit, hit do a find for whatever your keyword is than it is to try to thumb through a glossary. That's not wrong. Be, be honest there. So let's look at question three. And he sent us a, wow, look, another six pack of questions. <laughs> which change went too far and which change didn't go far enough? Why don't you take that one? I think Outwit went a little crazy. <laughs> outwit went a little crazy. Okay. A little crazy. Yeah. Being able to basically outwit anything, no matter no matter if it's on your dial or not, is a little crazy. Because now it sets up a thought process for you saying, how well do you know their dial? Can you tell if they're going to get invincible mid-dial and just not let them have it when you hit them off that invulnerability or impervious? I'm sorry. It brings back memorizing dials. It does, which a lot of competitive players were upset when they had the cards and the dials, and they were like, it's going to ruin that whole aspect of the game. Well, no, no. You can still memorize your own dials. That's totally fine, or even other dials, because you can't look at your opponent's dials during the game, but if you know it well enough, you'll know, okay, he starts out with impervious and then gets invincible mid-dial, like uh, Armagon. So you pen sign him to invincible, but you counter invincible first. Now he's naked. You two-tap him, and he's probably dead. That's a little insane if you can play it that way. Which change didn't go far enough? That's a harder one. Um, I really wish they had done something to leap climb and force blast. <laughs> like, just something else. <laughs> hey, I, you, if you've listened to my podcast, everybody will agree with you. The orange powers suck. The orange <laughs> powers are not good, except for Battle Fury. The, the energy explosions okay but the other two orange powers just don't really do anything now, now I, I i have to be the devil's advocate here because i know you hate those orange powers i do mike has kicked into my skull <laughs> that leap climb is not 
bad. Okay. You just have to use it differently. So you have the characters who can use it. Like the common or uncommon beast from Uncanny X-Men, he has Leap Climb Outwit. Think of him as being able to get into a spot that's hard for other pieces to get into and outwit down below or from hindering terrain. It's not a power supposed to be aggressive. Now, they've been giving lots and lots of Leap Climb Quake. Thank you, WizKids. We don't hate that. Please keep doing that. No, no, that is good. That's very good. (laughs) But if you see a figure with Leap Climb, even the common Batman from Elseworlds with the Perplex, he actually has Leap Climb top dial, which means he can go through hindering and elevated and characters and outdoor blocking to get anywhere you want him to go to be for that Perplex. That's huge on that Batman. Okay, I, I agree. Okay, maybe I go a little <laughs> overboard with the orange powers. However, but it didn't go far enough. I'm going to have to go with the Leap Climb. Um, I, I am. I think Leap Climb needs a refresher. Which change went too far? Yeah, I'm not too sure. They. I thought any change went too far. I kind of like the Outwit. I thought Outwit was response to pick a power. <laughs> yeah, it is. I thought I thought Outwit was response to pick a power and possession pieces. I think they wanted to expand the game to where you got powers from different sources, and they needed something that could counter it, and they just went back to Outwit and said, here you go. Have fun with it. Let's go number four. Which change you don't like, but agree that it's a good change for the game? So you, you, you don't like it, but you'll suck it up because you think it's good for the game. Um, easily Mystics. Okay. I, I will miss every day being able to copy that team building for my whole team because honestly, I have I've been looking at Spider-Man teams now and I'm like, what the heck do I copy with Spider-Man now? Am I going to copy Defenders? Am I going to copy Avengers? Am I going to copy Avengers Initiative? I just, I don't know what's a good thing with him. Like, I guess Sinister Syndicate and Batman enemy are good. He wants to copy attack values, but they're only printed adjacent. So, uh, I, yeah. I mean, Batman is still good for stealth for him. But I'm like, I'm having to mix different universes to get a good combination with him. I mean, mm. think about it. He is an Avenger through and through, mostly. He does have scientists and reporter, but the best I'm getting from that is probably going to be Superman ally and, you know, Avengers TA, which is possible to speed for movement. I'm like, I'm just not seeing it. He gets so much weaker, I feel. <laughs> well, I would think maybe, I can't remember, they did nerf the Spider-Man team ability by making a lot of stuff uncopyable now. And that and you can only pick one thing a turn, and but the cool part is that the person you pick from dies, you get to keep it until you pick again. Right. So that's cool, but eh. well, and maybe that's how they were trying to. Uh, Mystics need to be uncopyable because it's too abusive. Right. Um, maybe Masters of Evil might be his best bet now. It, if, if I can, if I, okay, I tell you what, I will give him Masters of Evil if I can put the blood axe on him for that seal energy. Then he'll just keep on attacking you every single turn. Golly, you hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> Imagine Hyperstock Spider Man attacking you every turn with exploit weakness and seal energy. Oh, the 100.1? Oh, 100.1, yeah. Just, oh my God. The problem with that is finding a Masters of Evil piece that's worth putting on a team. The cheapest ones, I mean, the, the Wrecking Crew all have it. And they're all pretty decent figures. If you look at their dials, they are quite interesting yes, for what they, they are. are. But the cheapest one, I think, out there is still the uh, Serpent Society piece, the the chick, the Black Mamba. 
Oh, wow. she she's has not it. that bad. She's yeah, really not that bad. She's she, not bad at all. She kind of fell off to the wayside, and I kept waiting for her to appear on some team because she did some interesting stuff. So, okay. No, not bad. Okay, if I had to answer that question, it'd be hypersonic. Yeah. I mean, a man who 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 should have won a tournament with a vet icon soups, the change to the hypersonic kind of hurts me a little bit, but, you know, I understand it. It's needed. Hypersonic's overpowered, just way too overpowered, especially with super strength. Just and the ability to carry people and do all this other junk. I know. Yeah. It, I, it, it was time to bring it down. It was just time to bring it back down. 100% agree. Needed to be done. The whole hypersonic carry shenanigans was dumb. I'm glad yeah. they fixed that. Anyway, let's go to number five. If you could change, fix any of the update changes, what would it be? Uh, let me start with that one. Uh, I would, I would do if I could change. Okay, I'm gonna jump on it. I would change weak climb people. <laughs> it's not gonna get away from me. It's stuck in my craw. I'll look at this thing and I just don't want to see weak climb. No, it's a, it'd be weak climb. I, I'd give it some kind of aggressive quality, even though it has all this breakaway stuff. Do you want me to tell you what Mike's idea was for it? And you may have read sure. this or heard this. Mike had a wonderful idea for it, and it only works if you're not using you know leap climb quake but imagine if you have leap climb and what you do is you run into a formation with it and what it'll do is it does you you jump in like you're gonna leap and jump into a formation and then you push everything out one square so it has like knockback one mm. on it so no just, damage just a knock no back. damage just knockback and so, so it's, it's knock like a one, square, like one square so it's like a one square force blast yes Which just to you- kind of break up that like Defenders, JSA, Mastermind nonsense. Well, I kind of like that. I, I mean, I don't mind it. It's a stealth-busting technique, too. The ability to right. just kind of go knock that stuff out. No, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Or so someone's... What? There's like a shooter on a rooftop, like I was saying, stealth. You go up there, loop climb, bunt, kick them off the, off the roof for two damage when they fall. That would be uh, hilarious, would it not? Oh, it would. And also, the, <laughs> the sad part for them would be they could not retaliate, shoot you, because you're not on the edge. Right. Because you could do it just right. It'd <laughs> be crazy. All right. So, what would you change? Um, okay. So the question was, what would I change or fix any of the updates or changes? Um, I would personally change the Avengers and Justice League team ability to give you a plus one to speed for any move instead of what just is move it actions. Coming? Oh, you so know right- what? We were we were wondering about that. Uh, it does work with leap climb though, right? It does. Anytime you take a move action, which is phasing, leap climb, um, I say just a regular move action, really, it's the only ones that are there. It gives a plus one to your speed. Now, the reason why it's good as it is, because if you think about it, a carrier who has those team abilities, which is most like Superman or Iron Man or Thor, whenever they carry somebody, a one single person it counteracts the minus one to their speed when carrying. So you basically get a full speed carry, which isn't bad, but I would have wanted to be just a static plus one to movement because it kind of shows the Avengers and just being more aggressive, wanting to get into the fight. So imagine a running shot where you have a seven speed Thor gets that four plus one is five now, or sorry, three, yeah, four plus one is five, five or, speed running shot. Or a charger. Right. Well, his charge really needs that sometimes. Yeah. Well, but it really helps. Um, 
Well, I, I know we played it this way, that 50-point Hulk. Because now, yeah. now he's got the Avengers team bow, so his actual range is 11. Because yeah. he's 10, he can move 10, leap climb, or if you leap climb 10, he'd get that plus one on top of it, and then he'd be able to do his quake. Because the leap climb is a move action. It's a, yeah. It actually says move. Yeah. So. That makes a big one. Okay, last question. One to 10, what – what is your score for changes updates? I'm gonna write mine down, and you can tell me. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just ditto. So just go ahead and tell me. What are you thinking? I'm thinking a solid eight. Look at this. What did I write down? Let me get. Where's the camera? An eight. A solid eight. eight. It is a solid eight. And I'm a, I'm a teacher, so I can't give it a hundred. There's some, <laughs> there's some little things, but. Yeah. As far as WizKids goes, this is probably one of the better changes they've done as far as what I feel like they've done a good job, a more than decent job at it. Right, for sure. The way they have now taken the game, scaled it back to where if you thought you could do something, you basically can't because these things don't work the way they used to. And it's more simplistic, so there's less corner cases. There's less questions. Everything's laid out nice and neat. You can do these things with these actions, and it shows you where that wording is. Like when we look at charge. Charge says, like we said, power, half speed, move, close, at no cost. Okay, so I'm moving half my speed. I can make it close. What's that? Okay, there's these powers that have all close. We just listed earlier in our show. That's all I can do. All right, so my options are much more focused. I know what I can do with my powers. It's great for new players. It's 100% way more approachable. I can say, here's a quick start guide. If you guys read the quick start guide, it's really good, actually, for new players. I was like, this is kind of impressive, actually. Um, But, uh, yeah, I had it to some players. They started playing it and said, this is really fun. This is so easy to start playing. I'm like, right? And so... I don't know. For new players, I think they're going to have a good edge in the game going forward. Us old grizzled veterans from playing for four years and be fumbling with rules, trying to forget the old rules. And that's probably the best advice I can tell any of you guys out there. Forget the old rules. Yeah, just just let them go. Let it go. Let them go. As 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 Elsa sings in Frozen. <laughs> let it go. I knew you would say that. I know that because I love that movie. <laughs> I don't care to say that. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm very I'm very in touch with my Disney my Disney <laughs> love. I think us grizzled old veterans don't like giving up that knowledge fault we had, you know. And this is a new one, so you're only um, gonna need it for the old stuff that's retired. And honestly, how many of you guys out there play retired stuff? I yeah. I know I don't. I generally like to play the new stuff because I bought it. I want to play with my new toys, but sometimes. Golden Age, I'll reach back a few a few pieces of my old tote box in the in the closet and say, okay, let's dust off this old figure and see if he's any good. <laughs> all right. So that's all our questions. I'm gonna have to we're gonna have to get off here. I know it's been a long one. I'm gonna have fun editing this. I always love going back through it and going over it. But thanks for uh being on here, Eric. Hey, do you want any shout outs? Anything you want to shout out right now? Well, guys, if you don't want to watch my YouTube channel, go ahead and subscribe. It's just called the Alpha Strike Heroflix channel. It's really easy to find. We have tons of awesome content. I mean, right now we're doing, you know, battle boxes are coming out. We do reviews. We do unboxings. We had some segments on, like, 
figures in the meta scene, but they're being readjusted and probably renamed. We'll see. I've had some requests from viewers to make said content, so I'll work on that as best I can. It's just me. Mike is no longer there, so I mean, if you guys are watching one single guy, like do stuff with Heroclix, that's I mean, that's cool. I I I wouldn't mind you guys watching my stuff, but uh. I want to give a big thanks to Mike for all he did though for the channel. He's been like, my best friend and he got me going on this. I'm going to keep going until I can't anymore. Uh, huge shout out to Shay here for letting me on the show. I want to be on more if he'll have me. I really don't mind coming on talking clicks for hours on end. I listen to every podcast. So thanks for all the podcasts out there who do this thing because I know it must be hard for you guys to get together every week <laughs> with your buddies and talk about this awesome game. But thank you guys for that because you guys are my inspiration to keep on going because you guys do it. I can do it too. And that's that's really it. You know, community, you guys listening out there, thank you for being you. Thank you for playing this awesome game. Thank you for joining us on this adventure with the new rules and learning all this stuff. It has been definitely a thrilling ride thanks everybody for listening email your comments and questions to lostinclicks at gmail.com or contact me on ht realms under the idea of colossus tn like our facebook page because i i am still the only one here but i like the royal we you can search on facebook by typing in at hero clicks borderlands please rate and review the podcast under itunes please if you have any questions comments please let me know and remember Keep rolling double sixes because with double sixes, you never miss. I'll talk to y'all later. Goodbye.